it's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrifying flicks. If you made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you just want to make a quick buck and throw a bunch of characters in it? Why you get Mortal Kombat Annihilation. everybody and welcome to another episode of the terrible terror podcast as you can tell i am not watching the same exact movie i just watched last week they spared no expense in doing the intro to this movie um this is mortal Kombat annihilation of course and with me i've got two very special guests i've got the back in time podcast i've got kyle and jd what's up brian thanks for having us man yeah, fantastic to be here. Uh, I always wonder why Kyle's name goes before mine, but we can worry about that later. Oh, I think at this point, because he was not on mute anymore, <laughs> and you were on mute. <laughs> okay, all right, okay, I'll let it slide. Hey, oh, we'll go. Calm down, Pippin. <laughs> Whatever. You're BJ Armstrong. <laughs> I'm Really, I'm more like Will Perdue, but anyway. So... We're doing this a little bit different this time, and uh, not totally different. So you might experience a couple of things that are odd if you're just listening to the audio, but I'm also recording this at the same time, so there's going to be video along with it. And as we've done with the podcast, instead of me just doing audio clips, I'm actually doing video clips. So there's going to be probably some times that you guys are going to get a little bit of a weird reaction from us, because we may be talking about the clip. There definitely are at least three that are silent clips, but I wanted to talk about the fighting scenes uh, that were going on in, in this episode. So, uh, as I like to start, what is your guys' experience with Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Like, when did you first see it? What were your initial thoughts when you first saw it? Kyle, because you're obviously, you're, you're the golden child, so why don't you go first, and then I'll actually interrupt you, because my point matters more. <laughs> oh, Okay. That sounds great. You know, I it actually great, remember. So you know, I actually remember. <laughs> no, seriously, I go, 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 Kyle. <laughs> I it has begun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna barbecue your ass. Keep it up. You know, I remember watching this movie as a blockbuster rental back in the day. It wasn't a movie that I saw in theaters, but I really loved the the video games growing up, and it was just like I had to see the movie. I had to see how it compared and if it held up and yeah, I mean, I I remember really loving it as a kid, but Oh boy, do we have some discussing to do about uh, this movie and how it's aged? Yeah. Discussing about how great it is, but (laughs) I'm with you. I, I love the video games growing up. I'm a huge, still am a huge mortal Kombat fan. Every time they release a new game, I'm on top of it. 
Actually, the last time Kyle was over at my place, we were playing Mortal Kombat for a little while. Uh, he didn't do very well. I kind of whooped your ass. That that would be an understatement. It, it was brutal. <laughs> well, I mean, if you haven't played any of the new ones, the whole configuration. And it's, anyways, so I was I, I was a quarter jockey when the the games were out at like the local comic book store. I'd always be playing and and term tournament tor, tormenting 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 yourself or tournamenting yourself. Tournament. I can't talk. <laughs> um, I would always be joining tournaments and playing. And uh, so when this movie came out, obviously I saw the first movie and I was super excited about it. So, but interesting story. The first time that I heard about this movie, I saw Mortal Kombat Annihilation and was 12 years old at the time and actually had no idea what the word annihilation was. So I thought this was called Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> and I had no idea what that meant. And I just, I had never heard the word or seen the word annihilation written out for me to be able to comprehend what the words translated to speaking. So I was walking around at the, the playground talking about annihilation. So you both were quite a bit, well, not a whole lot younger than me when you guys saw this. So uh, I can kind of understand maybe the, the, the childhood love of, uh, or like of this film when it first came out. Uh, I, full disclaimer like Mortal Kombat it's still one of my favorite like cheesy video game movies that there is I still think it's a really good adaption of the source material for what it was and for the time that it was uh and I was excited when I saw the trailer for this I was like yeah we're gonna get more oh look they have Motaro in the trailer and Shao Kahn's gonna be there and oh my god is that Rain like does anybody even know about Rain oh my god they're gonna have him in there and then I saw the film um, <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's definitely not my favorite, uh, adaption, but I think that there might've been a little bit of a change. Maybe I was just such an angry young man back then, uh, when I first saw this movie, but, uh, hopefully, you know, things have changed a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And you're, I love the name dropping that you're doing with some of the characters that are included. I don't know if it's on your schedule to talk about the other adaptations that they have been in the Mortal Kombat universe. We've got the live action TV show. There was mm -hmm. a cartoon. There's the YouTube videos. And then there's a new cartoon that I think just came out. And then there's a new movie in the works as well. So like, there's a whole wide range of, of possibilities that we were able to dig into when we were youngsters. Yeah, it's it's definitely different now. And I think like I was talking with Pat on the last episode, and I think when people like they take it now, they come more from our perspective and the way that the the source material was. So they try to be a little closer to that. Because that's like, you know, but then again I have to look at the second Street Fighter movie, which is just as bad as the first Street Fighter movie, um, you know, which was made much later. But at least the stuff they're doing now, like that new Scorpion movie that you're talking about, is closer to what we actually see or we actually kind of played where here, like I just felt like, like you can name drop people because that's kind of what the movie does. You know, it just kind of, Oh, here's Ermac randomly, but they never really talk about his name. You know, he's just there. And then, you know, and we'll talk about a couple of these other characters, but like they put in characters into this just to put the character in and just to be like, Oh, here's the person on screen. Mm -hmm. Like, where I feel like the other guys, like the other films that are, even those shorts, those shorts are really cool. And those shorts are really brutal at the same time. Uh, and they're, they're worth, if you've never seen them, to go out there and watch those guys. Oh, yeah, those are fantastic. I don't know, Kyle, have you checked those out? I haven't. 
No, that's they, and there's a good long story behind how they came to fruition and what they did to create those and, you know, what the, the producer and director and everybody did beyond that afterward. And most of which I forget, but the point being that they are excellent. And I, after watching Annihilation, I'm like, I want to go back and watch those YouTube shorts because they're fantastic. Because they're just fucking cool. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that's just it like i can giggle like a schoolboy watching those things you know it's it's entertaining it's just there's there's something about the first mortal Kombat and even the first street fighter like that there's there's pieces of entertainment that they are that just kind of still make me like get like r- remind me of that time and i think when it comes to annihilation it just reminds me of like how disappointed i was in the theater watching it that it's hard to break from that. But I really tried going through it. And I think that going through it with both of you guys and also going through the video clips again, I think is going to really help that. And hopefully maybe it might change my opinion. Cause I know that our, our friend Dave absolutely loves this movie and I was still trying to figure out why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a couple weird movie choices that he like, he either loves or hates stuff that I like. And I'm like, Oh really? Wow. You don't like ghostbusters. He's like, Nope, not for me. Yes, I, I just don't get that. Don't yeah. get that at all. But yeah, everybody's got their own taste, though. So that's true. So shall we go on and start digging into this uh, this fight fest that is Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Let's do it. Let's do it, man. All right. So let's go ahead and do the opening of the film, which, of course, besides the <laughs> there's a running theme that that's going on. I kind of explained it already, but there's a lot of like callbacks and the very first scene of the film is a recap of what happened in the last Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat is not about death but rather the preservation of life Liu Kang and a few chosen fighters from the Earth Realm defeated outworld sorcerer Chang Sun according to the rules of Mortal Kombat their victory preserved the safety of the Earth for one more generation our chosen ones will return to Liu Kang's home on Earth, only to enjoy a brief period of peace. For someone from Outlook, has a different point of view. Okay, so as you can kind of tell already, uh, and you guys aren't watching the video, because one, that's supposed to be Raiden. It's definitely not Christopher Lambert. He's definitely not back playing the role. And as you watch the clip, or as you watch the movie, I should say, you notice that they talk about the other fighters, but they don't show them. That's because we've also replaced Sonya and Johnny Cage. The <laughs> only person that remains is uh, the actor that plays Luke Kang, whose name right now, uh, Robin Chu. Uh, I almost yeah. totally forgot the, the actor's name. Uh, he's the only one that really returns besides Katana. And I cannot remember that actress's name at all. Uh, so if you guys know, please... <laughs> remind me and the guests uh or the the listeners who that is um but i'm probably gonna call everybody just by their character name i'm not even gonna worry about the actors um and then you've got clips from the last movie like the whole thing is just a minor recap of what's going on yeah it for sure is and i think you know from a storytelling perspective with what they're doing with this being a sequel to the original i think it makes sense that you sort of recap it from that point of view Um, just especially when this is geared towards a younger audience in a lot of ways. So a lot of kids may not have been old enough to see the first movie when it came out 
streaming wasn't a thing back then. You couldn't get your pause or your dirty mitts on on it at a blockbuster. You need to know what's going on, but you don't need to see the first movie. Boom, done. Yeah, you get a, a decent little recap, and you know you get to see some pivotal scenes that are kind of going on in the in you know with everything, and you know that uh, Luke Kang's a, a badass here because he's the one that won the first tournament. Yeah, I, di- I didn't mind the recap at all. That's a good point from JD. But yeah, the one thing that stood out to me right away, I was like, oh, God, is that Harry Morgan? <laughs> like, I can't <laughs> wait to hear the Dexter. Can't go around <laughs> killing people. Like, he just has that, like, really specific voice of his. Like, it just sticks out like a sore thumb. But um, no, I, I'm I'm excited. Like, when I got to the intro, I was like, okay, this might not be too bad. Yeah, it might not be that bad. You know, you get a decent little... uh overview and and then we move on to uh what happens next when we get introduced to shao khan breaking through the realms and uh starting shit shao khan emperor of outworld the earth was created in six days so too shall it be destroyed and on the seventh day Mankind will rest in peace! This is not good. Somehow he's opened gateways to your world. I thought our victory in Mortal Kombat closed those portals. What closes can also open again. What is that supposed to mean? Mother. You're alive. Too bad you will die. As long as I have the power, Khan, you will never rule this world. As long as the portal remains open, your world becomes my world. <laughs> Okay, so what's the very first thing that you guys caught, like, as that scene started? God, his hair. I could not stop staring at that wig. On <laughs> I, it's too much. But, man, the CGI has not aged well. And, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the battle, but everybody that, like, they did, like, close-ups on, like, I just laughed the whole time. Yeah, I, you know, I so for what it's worth, I do love this movie. And after having watched it again, kind of think like, I still love this movie. But the CGI looks like it was done at like a, a high school class computer shop. <laughs> and I say that because we did CGI similar to that in high school where we would render stuff and come up with backgrounds. And then we would miniaturize ourselves and make like a little um, Honey, We Shrunk the Kids videos. And it's exactly what it looked like. And, you know, we, we didn't get paid any money for any of that video stuff. So... Uh, the high schoolers that they hired, I, hopefully they got paid well. I just want to know, why does everybody, and I mean everybody, flip into sequence? <laughs> like, it constantly happens. I think every time Shao Kahn shows up, he's flipping in some way, shape, or form. He's standing in the corner, and then he wants to go talk to somebody, so he has to, like, do flips. Like, he's a freaking, you know, a stuntman. Well, he probably is a stuntman uh, that's taken on the role, but, like, even like an evil Knievel, this time I'm going to jump over seven ninjas that I control. 
you know, but he, he just doesn't walk over to anybody. And I think maybe the first time, okay, I get it. But as the film goes along, it seems like every time you see him, uh, it's time to flip in. They're taking the video game too literal. Like you don't have to jump over. It'd be like if super Mario brothers, every time John Leguizamo or Bob Haskins does something in the movie, they're like, it's just, you don't need all the flipping. It, yeah. It's ridiculous. Just going to jump everywhere and coins are going to sound all the time. Especially because <laughs> he does that flip where it's like a swan dive where he comes off the top and he's just like. <laughs> and then Raiden just responds just instantaneously like, oh, you're going to flip? I'm going to flip too. Yeah, I'm going to flip and fly is what I'm going to do. Uh, like it's it It seems like they should be at the top rope of something and be jumping onto somebody else. Every time he seems to like jump in the in into frame. In, in some scene. So this would, this would have been better if they had cast Jeff Hardy as one of the Mortal <laughs> Kombat people. They could have gotten Kane. Get Kane in there. He could have been a good Shao Kahn. This should have been a WWE production, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, I w- would have been totally down with that. But you do get <laughs> a lot of characters at the same time. Like, that. That's this is... I'm still, like, into it at this point, right? Because you get to see Motaro for the first time. And actually, the makeup on Motaro is pretty damn good. And, like, that's probably where a lot of their CGI budget went to, too. Like, it doesn't look the best, but it looks better than some of the other things that we're going to see later on in the film, <laughs> right? But he still looks like Motaro. Like, and, you know, uh, Sindel's acting is, is just terrible. <laughs> and, and, and this, I thought maybe this is a fluke, because she doesn't really talk much for the rest of the film. <laughs> but then when she finally does once again, oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm already like enjoying the thought of, of her overacting. Um, <laughs> but it's, you see these guys like there, there is, there's, there's Ermac, there's rain, there's Motaro, there's Sindel who, who pops up after her, her scream is heard. And uh, so I'm again, excited because here are some characters that I you kind of want to see on screen. I don't know so much about rain. Um, he's just another palette swap. But it's still cool to see all these extra characters there. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. You sort of get to nerd out, even now rewatching it as an adult, thinking the same thing. It's like, who's Rain? Who cares? Back down B. We're going to lay down some cool shit moves. <laughs> I was just hoping that Fujin would make an appearance, but I think he's too late for this, uh, this film. Because oh, this gosh. film was uh, 97, and I want to say Mortal Kombat 4 was, was it around that time or a little bit later? Jeez, that's because uh, we have Mortal Kombat, then two, three, then MK3 Ultra, then four probably hit around 98 or 99. So it's probably around that time, a little bit earlier than that, because uh, Ultra is kind of where Rain came in as a, as a joke, because everybody was kind of talking about him, right? And then they actually made him and put him into the game. And Ultra was also where we got Scorpion back, because MK3 didn't, the original, didn't have Scorpion. Um, and this basically kind of follows the MK3 storyline a little bit, uh, at least with the whole resurrection of Sindel and the worlds merging together and that mm-hmm. fun stuff. So it's it's interesting to see where we go. So we've got our whole cast here. We've we've seen some of the bad guys from Outworld. You know, all the good guys are you know caught a guard, and so Raiden and Shao Kahn fight. And then as Shao Kahn's losing, he decides to play dirty. 
You hide behind a human? Why not, Lord Raiden? You hid behind him your entire pathetic life! Surrender, Raiden, or this one dies. Then I will take your generals, because Earth does not bend to the will of tyrants. You, who would never let one of your precious humans die. Trade me for Johnny Cage. Come bow at my feet. That's right. Mortal Kombat has begun uh, again. So at least in this one, they're actually kind of doing the moves, right? They're actually showing you the moves compared to the other one where they kind of did the moves. It was a little better than what was done in Street Fighter. But like literally you see when Raiden and Shao Kahn fight, he actually Raiden actually does the uh, fly across the screen. I cannot do the, the sound that he makes. Uh, but they do play the sound in the movie, too. I don't think we should attempt that sound. I think one of us will get in trouble for doing that. But we'll wait for a punch. And so it's like, again, like that stuff's kind of cool. You see Johnny Cage doing his like shadow kick type move more as a jump kick than a, a you know, a sliding kick. But you still get to see a version of the shadow kick kind of happen. So that's kind of neat but it's still, it just doesn't feel executed well. Because even like when he does it and Shao Kahn just beats the crap out of him, I mean, it's one punch and boom, he's down. Um, it, it's like, a, like you said, kind of like a high school 3D project. Like they just took images of him and slowly spread him across <laughs> the screen. Yeah, they, they for sure uh, didn't take their time in creating this, but I think that that campiness and coupled with just Shao Kahn's acting like when he has the mask on versus when he has the mask off it's like two completely different actors but he's so it has begun just so over the top just thespian-esque like he just watched a bunch of Frasier and was like oh how do I sound like I'm a badass but have a mask on he just needs an apple in his hand as he's talking or like an orb of power you know, he's like he's getting ready to do his uh, power metal band type of uh, setup that he's got going on. But yeah, it really feels like his voice like booms and echoes every time he has the mask on. Whereas when he talks, he just kind of, yeah, hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Anyone want some burger food? <laughs> uh, mood for Carl's tonight. Let's go ahead. Or, or maybe a Hardee's if you're in that part of the area. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still like... I don't know. I kind of relish in that actor's performance. Like it, 
it is so like it's it's pretty bad to me it's pretty terrible but it's so entertainingly terrible that every time he's on the screen like i just kind of like get drawn into it for for each like especially when he has the mask on because he's always like like you said very flamboyant with his arms he's always kind of raising him up or puffing his chest or just doing a lot more than when he's just kind of being like regular Shao Kahn. <laughs> regular Shao Kahn. Although I do enjoy him without his mask, and I'm sure we'll get to it, but he kind of looks like a poor man's Billy Zane. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. I was thinking poor man's Vin Diesel, but poor man's Billy, maybe if Vin Diesel and Billy Zane had a, a kid and they were poor, then that's who that would be. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna mute my mic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, see, that's a natural reaction I want. Uh, so they're, you know, basically Johnny's dead, right? It, it sucks. Like I kind of didn't expect that, but that's kind of what happened in the original timeline. And I don't want to get into Mortal Kombat timelines and being reset over and over again because that's all the new MKs seem to do which is fine because I still enjoy like what they've done with the story mode of their games and how they've actually kind of made at least the first Mortal Kombat movie kind of canon along with the series. I'm not sure if Annihilation is necessarily canon or not. I'm pretty sure that it's not. Uh, but it's it, it's still like, you, you know that Khan kills Johnny and that kind of gets Sonya to do what she needs to do. And it kind of sucks because Johnny was my favorite character of the last film. Yeah, it's no good that Johnny dies here, but it is kind of cool in the way that it happens with him snapping his neck. Like, at least he goes out like a badass. Yeah, goes out protecting Sonya. Yeah. And two, from like a writing standpoint, when you're establishing the strength patterns of your heroes and your villains, we know that Johnny is a badass as he is. And for him to take two, what, it's it's the punch and then the elbow and then the neck break and he's dead. Yep. It just shows and establishes the level of how powerful Shao Kahn really is. Yeah, it's enough to send Raiden running away from everything and telling them that we need to get out of here now. Uh, even after Raiden, or Shao Kahn, I should say, kind of stops the onslaught. But he does send his legions of flipping goons at him. <laughs> like the putty from Power Rangers. <laughs> That's basically, so he's the new Rita Repulsa is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Go! Fight for Shao Kahn! (laughs) Uh, So they basically run themselves into a corner. And uh, in order to escape, they collapse a piece of the, I guess, Liu Kang's home's temple. uh, Because that's where they are. They're basically at Liu Kang's, like, they're at the Temple of Light, right? And that's where this invasion starts. And so he destroys part of the Temple of Light and then kind of tells them what they need to do next. Your planet and our world have begun to merge into one realm. Think of it as hell on Earth. My mother. Resurrected. How is that possible? If I am correct, your mother Sindel is the key to all of this. This can't be! We won the tournament! The rules say the Earth is safe for another generation. Obviously, Khan has cheated and broken the rules. I believe he has resurrected your mother to keep these portals open indefinitely. By reuniting you with her, Khan's spell will be broken. Your mother's soul will be at peace. And his portal's closed. How could the Elder Gods allow this? I do not know. 
But Khan must be stopped or your world will perish. We have six days until annihilation. I beat Shang Tsung like I beat Khan. Yes. You beat a great sorcerer to win the tournament. But you are no match for Khan. If anyone's going to kill Khan, it's going to be me. Enough! You are far from ready. With his portals open, Khan's extermination squads will be everywhere, hunting you. I am telling you this for your own good. Khan knows I have no powers in Outworld. And as the two realms merge, I will lose my powers here on Earth. Each of you must grow stronger together. We are the only hope. Together, we couldn't even save John. So, Sonia is... How would you guys describe her in this one compared to the last film? She's moody. She's angsty. I think you can remove her from this film and not skip a beat. But I also think by removing her, you take away a lot of the joy of the movie, which is watching her. So (laughs) I vote against that. And also, I think that she may be a bit cold on set by the looks of it. (laughs) Constantly cold. Like yes. every time, even when, uh, you know, when we'll get to the one big fight, I think that she has, she has kind of a big fight when you meet Jax for the first time, but she's got a nice solo. I don't want to say nice. She's got a solo fight uh, that comes up later that, uh, that Jax does make comments about after it's finished. <laughs> yeah, there was a bar near us in college that did similar on Friday nights to what we're going to see. <laughs> I would love to see like the director and the boom mic guy. I imagine them in like coats and stuff. And the director's like, turn it down another three degrees. And they're just like, oh my God, it's so cold on here. But actually, the set piece was really cool in this scene. I actually really uh, enjoyed that part of it. It was pretty awesome. And in 1997, I'm sure what Raiden did against the wall was awesome. Mm -hmm. But in 2020, it's like, (laughs) why? Yeah, it's a, it's a little laughable. Like, well, you know, he's using his lightning powers finally, and right. he's uh, blowing up pieces of of the wall. But it's still like the the closed sets of this film, I think, are pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. you, you, they look like this little tomb area that they're in in the Temple of Light looks pretty good. The whole setup with Jax that we're going to get up to looks pretty good. It's when they're outdoors mm-hmm. that's when it looks terrible. <laughs> the outdoor scenes are in like a void because they're just like this in nondescript just between a, some mountains and there's some rocks going on and a purple swirly sky you just feel like you're in a vacuum or or that episode of the real ghostbusters cartoon where they enter into the paranormal dimension but yes <laughs> constantly on random rocks floating in the middle of nowhere with a purple sky yeah <laughs> That's like a dream I had once. Oh, might have to explore that later. Um, Did it involve uh, a Rita Repulsa Shao Kahn? It will tonight. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) But it's going to get spicy. (laughs) So it's like the the next scene that that we go to from here, like before we decide to like find out where the the good guys are going to go, we get to go see Shao Kahn back in Outworld, 
and he's talking to somebody very important to the film. I'm going to ruin something when we come back from, from the little clip, uh, because it's not really understood here, but, uh, let's, let's find out what the, the, you know, what was supposed to happen to Raiden and the gang. Father, the merger has begun. Earth is under attack. And it is glorious! Tell me, did you make Raiden beg for his life before destroying him? Raiden is of no concern to us. You let him live? He could not be stopped. I have no use for excuses. I have broken the sacred rules to keep the portals open. If the Elder Gods learn of our plot, we shall both suffer the consequences. I do not understand. How can you fear the Elder Gods? With control of the Earth Realm, our power will be absolute. Until the sixth day has passed. We can take no chances with Raiden and his mortals. Not underestimate the power of the human spirit. Okay, so the big spoiler here, and I'm not going to spoil the parts of the movie and what happens with that, is that that's supposed to be Shinnok. So it's supposed to be Shao Kahn and Shinnok, and Shinnok is his father. I, that that bothers me in terms of just like little things of lore, you know, because. It, and I ha- would have to imagine that the Sub-Zero Mythologies movie had to have existed at this time. Because uh, if MK4 hadn't existed, then we wouldn't know who Shinnok is, right? So, or that's somebody that they just randomly threw in. Um, I, I just don't know why they had to take like that character, evil ruler of the underworld, and make him father of Shao Kahn. Kyle's speechless. <laughs> it was glorious. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's those damn flips again, too. <laughs> but I love it. So I didn't realize that I had no idea it was Shinnok when I saw this, you know, in when I was a kid or probably in college until like now I was just reading through, like you're saying, through the lore and the mythology of it all. And I was like, like, oh, shit. I did not realize that that's a massively important character. I just thought it was just... Braun from Game of Thrones. <laughs> and then he doesn't, he doesn't, go ahead. I was going to say, he does an equally cool entrance where he just sort of goes, <laughs> he doesn't walk, he just glides across the screen. It's like that uh, really shitty camera effect where the, the background it just focuses in like really close and it makes him look like he's sliding. Oh, wait, that's probably what they did, right? but yeah i mean it's kind of cool that like he's pissed off i guess i mean like he's he's there he's expected raiden to be dead and he's just like get rights up in his face and just like why the fuck didn't you kill him like this makes no sense and shao khan it kind of also shows the arrogance of shao khan at the same time right because he's just like didn't need to do it right then i'm way too powerful for him and where his dad's like no you should have that was the whole point whole point was to kill him why didn't you do it yeah, but the, from a dialogue standpoint it's it's sort of very clunky because he says raiden is of no concern 
And then his next line in the dialogue is, Raiden could not be stopped. <laughs> Which one is it? Did he have no concern or could he not be stopped? Like, just poor writing. It looks great on screen. Love it. <laughs> Imagine the, the actor delivering that. He's like, is this right? This doesn't make any fucking sense. Anybody, like, where are the writers at? Oh, you just do the fucking line. <laughs> the writers are in the background writing the next scene as they're filming. <laughs> okay, what happens next? What happens next? Can we cut? No, just... Can we get a giant <laughs> hamster ball scene in there? Can we get more hamster balls? Oh, speaking of hamster balls, <laughs> that's where we're going next. Now, I didn't cut that because there was... It just wasn't enough to like be like, oh, hey, look. But they, they're going to use wind, these wind tunnels that are underground, right? How in the hell does nobody know about this, like, expansive system of traveling wind tunnels with hamster balls? Like, nobody that's right underneath where Liu Kang's, like, whole society is. He has no idea that this exists. And the only people that really know are an elder god, well, an elder god-ish guy, and somebody from a different, like, world. And Go ahead, JD. You look like you're, you keep taking a huge <laughs> breath, like you're about to talk. Well, I'm waiting for you, and you just stand there looking stupid, like you got a mustache. <laughs> it looks like you're wearing a mustache. It's just the the shadow mm-hmm. dropping on you. But it comes, I little, it comes in a little thicker up top here. That's what she said. Yeah, uh-huh. mustache, right? Anyone? Kyle's buying. <laughs> um, no, no, Uncle Rabbit slap. <laughs> Now I forgot what I was going to say. So you say your stupid comment and then I'll come (laughs) on with something better. I did have something stupid. I I was imagining a young Elon Musk watching this scene going, this tunnel thing's a really good idea. But yeah, that's what I was going to throw in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now you were right to say that it was bad. And I congratulate you on having the hindsight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you you plan on making this connection later at the final fight scene or not, but there's a big play for American Gladiators that is included, and this is obviously one of the awesomest American Gladiators, uh, which Kyle is amazing at the American Gladiators video game, by the way. Oh, that old Nintendo game? Kyle is massively good at it. It's like ridiculous how good he is. I I could never beat the wall. That was always my problem with that game. I Kyle either did beat it or came damn close. I did beat it. Good man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are correct. I, I am very good at the American Gladiator game. A lot of practice. The, so these hamster balls. So you're saying they're basically the American Gladiator balls and they're just trying to get from uh, poofy smoke to poofy smoke? Yeah. Uh, underground? I think. And there is that hard left that they've got to take. That's the other thing that I just like, why are you going to build this system of like tunnels and you're going to shoot over lava, but you got to make sure that people know, Oh, you have to turn or else you're going to hit a wall and fall down and kill yourself. And not just turn as a hard left. Yeah. Like this is it. And he's like, looking, he's like Whoa. <laughs> and everything, the outside is just spinning so fast too. the, the inside is perfectly. I mean, this is, uh, God, why can't I think of the name of what exactly the, the model is um, where everything spins uh, like a, like, almost like a gyroscope. Yes, exactly. See, I knew somebody else would think about it at the same time. <laughs> but that's what it's like. They're perfectly held still, but the outside is just moving so fast. And of course, they get to get close to each other too. 
and Raiden, you know, he has to go with nipples over there and go to the next location. <laughs> so he's like, no, you guys are a couple. You guys go together and go meet Nightwolf. <sighs> go meet Nightwolf. And then don't worry, we're going to go find out about Jax, but I'm going to make sure she gets left off or she needs to get left off. So they travel, they get down, they make the hard left. And then that's where we get one of our first, like, major, major fight scenes in the movie. And so um, this is the smoke fight where smoke randomly shows up. And the thing is, like, the wire work that goes on there, like, when she's flying back is just, it's like the wire work constantly in this film is everybody just kind of, like, flying off in the distance and being held on stuff. (laughs) It's not really used for like true work and it seems like there's just a lot of like missing all the time when they fight Mm -hmm. but and there's a lot of flipping (laughs) oh my gosh there's a a huge miss like just right there like the the kick to the face didn't land and he just flew off but i also think it's a waste of smoke at the same time like i just i want to see more and then the other thing is is that I noticed a lot in these, this film is that when the women fight, like the last one, you had that, you know, it was silly, but it's still an important fight between Sonya and Kano, right? That was like mm-hmm. the big fight. But here it seems like most of the time the women fight the scrubs. So here's mm-hmm. the random clayman, and Katana's going to beat the crap out of that. Yeah. Well, I, the I, foot clan, if you will. The yep. foot clan. Yeah, they, they do look like the foot. I think that the, the basis of the problem of doing what they're doing right now versus what the first movie was structured as and the video games play into it and don't play into it at the same time. But it's the same thing when you take a movie like Jurassic Park where the whole premise of the movie is contained into the park and you pull them out of the park. Uh huh. You lose all of the, the joy of Jurassic Park. So now we have Mortal Kombat, but there's no Mortal Kombat going on. It's just random ass fight scene, which is cool and all, but without having that epic head to head, here's Sonya Blade versus Kano, where one will be victorious and one will go home dead. Um, it's just it's more like Streets of Rage than Mortal Kombat. I agree with uh, terrible rockets and Sub-Zero floating across with his legs somehow attached to the sliding thing on the sky. (laughs) That CGI was brutal from Sub-Zero. Yeah, with with him coming in and it just, he's obviously floating in on a wire. And the the funny thing is is that that Sub-Zero was the same uh, stunt guy that played uh, Reptile in the first film. Mm -hmm. And then the reptiles that show up in this film and some of the other people in here are played by Ray Park. That's right. Which is crazy. Uh, And I saw that like at the end, I'm like, wait a second, Ray Park did stunts in this movie. That's absolutely insane. And and honestly, it's not a terrible fighting scene. It's just, there's probably two that are relatively bad, but. No, it's, it's, it's entertaining. And there was a time when I saw Ray Park at Disney world and I, looked at him and I pointed and I said, Hey, there's Ray Park. So I always feel a personal connection anytime I see him in the movie because I saw him walking one time. So oh, why are nope. we not, you know? Nope. Can't say your friends. Cause you saw mm-hmm. him walking. Mm. But then can I say Jeff Goldblum is my friend? You I guess say Jeff Goldblum is yeah. my friend. Okay. Okay. I okay. accept. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an acquaintance. 
you know, Ray Park acquaintance, you know, here. I brushed shoulders with him one time and said, oh, my God, that's Ray Park, and then left. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> There's probably some guy named John that just <laughs> happens to look a little bit like Ray Park, and you're like, hey, Ray Park. <laughs> fucking nerd. It was Ray Park. It's not like the time that I thought I saw Bill Maher. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's that guy on TV. And I was like, wait, I'm not sure. No, I'm just sort of staring at him. So it was like Michael Scott when he's in Times Square. He walks right past Conan O'Brien. The no office yeah. fans. Yeah. I no, remember. Yeah. Sadly, but the wife is not me. Well, somebody, some one of your listeners is gonna laugh and they're gonna be like, that's right. <laughs> and they're gonna awesome. look at the both of us going. <laughs> We can just we can just drop Kyle from the call right now. <laughs> Are you sure it's not just an image that's sitting there? <laughs> I, just, I froze myself and just went downstairs. <laughs> so, like I said, like you were saying, like the fight scene is still like entertaining. It's silly. It's silly when he shoots the rockets from his chest. Like the CG doesn't look very good for that scene. But the way that they do the flip, that Liu Kang does the flip around it. That's kind of exciting and kind of exhilarating at the same time. It, it is, but it makes me super excited for the new movie that's going to come out where stunt work is going to be like, it's going to be tight. It's going to be some tight stunt work. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that, like like I said, the, there's going to be a lot of love that's given to that. That it's, it's going to be like watching the YouTube series, but just on a giant screen. Can't wait. So, of course, Sub-Zero comes in to save the day at the end with the awful CGI and floating work that he does. And he kind of explains to them why he's here. Must go. There will be others. I killed you in a tournament. You killed my older brother. So why did you help us? I helped her. Because legend has it, the princess is the key to stopping Khan's plot. You've been following us. Why? Two days ago, Khan reprogrammed Smoke to come after you instead of me in order to keep you apart from Queen Sindel. All right. So how do we get to Nightwolf now? We have a common enemy, Sub-Zero. You must help us with your powers if you want to stop Khan. Let's hope you succeed. So, Sub-Zero is alive, and they, they just gloss over things. And, and I think that's, at the time, that again, that's another thing where, like, the lore is outweighing my enjoyment of the movie when it comes to Sub-Zero. Like, it's just kind of like, oh, well, that was my brother. I'm a different guy. <laughs> well, that's what the video games do, though, isn't it? Well, they do give it a little bit more because you get in the whole thing with uh, Noob Saibot and uh, how the, that you know they resurrect the original Sub Zero. But it's I think a lot to do with the whole Lin Kuei stuff. Is that kind of more what I'm thinking about? That why you know Scorpion shows up in just a second after he creates the Ice Bridge and starts to attack him, and like why Scorpion's still alive? Like mm. if if the old Sub Zero from the first movie died and he's not here. And Johnny Cage ripped off Scorpion's head. How did he show up back in this film? Like, yeah, okay, I get us. He ripped off the head and woohoo, skeleton um, <laughs> and fire. But I, I just feel like there's a lot of lore that's there for that, that it's hard to be like, oh, no, 
here's a guy. Sub-Zero can do no wrong in my book. He was always my favorite character in the video game, so I'm just excited to see him kind of scoot across the, the screen on a wire, looking every bit like Justin Long when he pulls off the mask. <laughs> and um, does it look like Justin Long with the slick back hair? I forget which movie. Oh, my uh, God. When he's doing um, – when he plays the gay guy. Yeah, in, it's um, – it's one of uh well he's done in two Kevin Smith films uh, yeah, yeah. Zach and Mary do a make a porno there you go and then he Good. also reprised that role in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot yes he looks exactly like the character from uh, Zach and Mary make a porno it's Justin so. Long with a red scar across his face <laughs> but yeah no I always like Sub Zero in yeah I don't know twelve year old version of me did not mind the storyline but yeah adult version's a little bit more picky. It, no go ahead jd i was gonna i just wanted to add like i agree with what you're saying kyle for sure like because you can look at the scene with sub-zero and then the follow-up scene with scorpion on, in two ways that you can say it's lazy filmmaking in that they're just shoehorning characters in there because we don't see sub-zero again we don't see scorpion again um they there's vanishing into purple goo that happens and all this good stuff. But at, at the same time, I think that they, they're tapping into um, a good way of writing that is taught universally that you want to take a situation where you have your good guys and you want to make everything difficult on them. You don't want to make anything easy for them. So now they just fought, they fight smoke and that's cool. And then we've got this, you know, Dusak Machina of Sub-Zero coming out of literally nowhere Mm-hmm. And just floating onto the scene, and he's you know, you know he's the god machine that saved it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, nope, here's another badass mother effer that's going to come onto the scene. Hey, now you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And this one's even tougher than the last one. But yep. and he broke his ice bridge. I mean, how else are they going to get across that gap? You There's can't do no- that. <laughs> you can't jump over it. Oh wait, but Luke Hank can jump over it just fine to help Sub Zero's fight Scorpion. I do like, like, okay, so the get over here thing, like, that kind of seems shoehorned in just because that's his catchphrase. But I did enjoy the suckers that he does when he jumps across it and he steals Katana and he goes into the purple, like, teleporting. It's it's cool. Again, like, they're using more of the moves, which I think is actually pretty cool. It's just sometimes the execution doesn't, you know, uh, except for I don't remember when Sub-Zero made an ice bridge other than freezing the floor. And making mm. people slip. <laughs> just <as> a <laughs> <laughs> No, but do you bring up a good point too? And especially to what you said earlier, you know, in comparison to like the Street Fighter movie where we have Dulcine as just a doctor and it's just like, well, I want to see your arms stretch from here to infinity, Indian Stretch Armstrong. Exactly. I that's I want to see Blanca actually do the electric move. You know, I want to see him fry somebody. I wanted to see a sonic boom. There was never a sonic boom in the damn movie. You did the flash kick, but even then it was just a Jean-Claude Van Damme flip kick. It wasn't anything special. But at least, again, here, like, there are moves. There is the, you know, he uses the ice orb. You Instead of it being one strange thing coming out of the palm of his hand, he's got two this time. (laughs) No, even with smoke, you know, he uses the rockets. That's something that actually Sector does, but Sector is not in this film. But I think, I don't remember if smoke, like the MK3, MK Ultra smoke, like had a combo moves. I just remember him actually being able to use the uh, the spear thing, and everybody thought he was like Scorpion. 
but turns out that he wasn't. Um, so it's it's still neat, and you you see the teleportation. So there's the it's the one thing I can give this film is that it it brings those childhood memories to life and like what you want to see on the screen. Mm-hmm. So like I said, Scorpion he steals Katana, and you know Luke Kang thinks all is lost. But Scorpion tells him, no, you can still go ahead and you should go to Nightwolf because that's really the only way to save her. And then Sub-Zero is gone from the rest of the film. You do see Scorpion deliver Katana to Shao Kahn. And that's the last time that you ever see Scorpion in this film as well. Like, I really wanted them... Like, it, it's cool to bring back to the rivalry. Like, you didn't get that in the first Mortal Kombat. You didn't have a Scorpion and Sub-Zero fight, which as a kid, that's what I really wanted. So at least I got that in this. Though, I wish I had gotten more of it. So from there, we fade over and we see what uh, Nipples and Raiden have been doing. And she's going to be picking up Jax. 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 Hey. Thought I was supposed to be rescuing you. Yeah, well, I couldn't wait. What the hell have you done to yourself this time? Mm, cybernetic strength enhancers. Takes what you've got and quadruples the muscle capacity. You've got a real confidence problem. Do you know that? Mm. These locks must be in some kind of a remote access mechanism. What's going on? What you doing here? Everybody split. The whole facility is going to be trashed by an extermination squad. Extermination squad? What you mean extermination but, squad? All you need to know is they're trying to kill me, and probably you too. Me? I don't even know these dudes. Where you been anyway? Damn it. I can't get you free, Jax. All right, all right, stand back, stand back. Let's see what I'm made of. Yeah, now that's what I'm talking about. Wish I had these babies back in high school. You're gonna wish you were back in high school. Is that right? Come on, Jack. So, I do kind of like the, like the, I guess the setup that he has for the arms. Like they don't look terrible. No, I, I think I, they look. Jinx. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll go first as he fades off the screen. There you go. Um, yeah, I think the arms look really cool. Like, I, I didn't hate this at all. Like, you know, it's it, – I mean, he's a big robotic dude, and he's just like, let me see what I can do. Just ching, ching, hell yeah. Just like, he's ready to get after it. So, I didn't – no, I didn't hate this at all. It looks as good as Winter Soldier, in my opinion. There you go. Yeah, it, it doesn't look that bad at all. He's probably got, next to Motaro, it's probably some of the better makeup in the film. I mean, honestly, the costumes, they're not bad. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is for the ninjas, because the ninjas, just like in the games, always kind of just are palette swaps, same type of outfits. And, and Cyrax and Smoke, a little bit, you see a little bit of like flapping going on with some of the pieces of armor. <laughs> but it's not like it's like extremely terrible, you know. It, it's just again, it's like a high-end Power Ranger movie. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, no, totally. So, Brian, from a mythology standpoint, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's different ways that Jax gets his cybernetic arms. Yes. 
And so this just ties to the fact that they're just augmenting him, not that he gets his arms ripped out of their sockets by a... Uh, he, he got it done by Kentaro. Kentaro. There we go. Yeah, because he, he was trying to save Sonya uh, when she was, like, strapped up in uh, Khan's, like, you know, whatever's palace, like, courtyard type thing. And then Kentaro came up and ripped his arms out of his sockets. Yeah. And then, then he got the the cool ass cybernetic that's why in world climate three he has that here it's they're not going to do that like there really isn't a whole lot of like violence in that regard we probably get like the bloodiest scene coming up next with cyrax being in here um which is not saying much so they they really don't go down that whole pathway kind of wish that they maybe had done something similar and honestly something does happen that's like that but it's still (laughs) cheesy you know we'll get to that yeah we'll definitely get to that uh so you know he's here i actually like the actor that plays jacks uh, quite a bit too i think that he's given very stereotypical lines but i think that he delivers them probably with the most earnest uh delivery out of most of the people that are in the cast and i'm okay with them being stereotypical lines because it's a video game movie and like oh yeah what little dialogue there is is just get over here and just crap like that. Suckers. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, in that regard, it's, it should really just be a WWF, E, C, W, whatever, ECW, whatever <laughs> we want to say and pretend that we're playing with at the time. It, it should be that movie for sure. And even going back to it, like we have Sub Zero, and the character of Sub Zero was the basis for the, the wrestler known as Glacier. So mm-hmm. we could have had him come in and play Sub-Zero and it just would have been like mind blowing. Yeah. You know, I, after watching this, cause I, I like the casting as well. I was like, man, who is this guy? And I started looking at his background. This is um, Saber from American Gladiators. He was on that show for like five years. There you go. It's coming around full circle. Yeah. Former uh, fifth round draft pick to the uh, LA Rams. So an LA guy for you there. And uh, yeah, played for the uh, for the Chargers as well. So he's not the only former American Gladiator in this movie. No. Oh, look at that! We've got multiples now. We do, and we'll we'll get to it. But there's a there's a, a showdown maybe between them. Most definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. Basically, their happy time of being reunited together is broken up because Cyrax attacks with his random scrubs as well. And so you get a pretty good fight scene. It's not my favorite. I mean, if we we can talk at the at the end of the whole thing, kind of what may have been your fi- favorite fight scene out of the whole movie. But it's just kind of basic. Um, you know, Jax is definitely a brawler type, you know, and they definitely represent him in that way because he really only uses his fists to do everything. He doesn't really do a whole lot of special type of attacks or anything like that. Um, and, but you do get, like I said, one of the little more kind of gorier scenes. It's not really that bad, but like these weird like pellets come out of Cyrax and like melt a dude. And that's where they figure, oh, well, don't touch that stuff. But of course, Jack's his cybernetic implants are able to block everything. Uh, he does use the net attack, but it's not in the same fashion that it would normally be. Uh, from the the games and uh, then he does self-destruct at the end of the whole sequence so it's it's an interesting little thing you actually get a good amount of and even cyrex i think he even talks too doesn't he 
Yeah, I think he lays down the law a little bit for sure, but uh, the cyborgs, have, they play such an interesting part in the Mortal Kombat lore for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole, you know, that's where like it's, it would be interesting to have a little more like Lin Kuei type of stuff going on because I really find that stuff really interesting. Like they really made those two ninja characters such like the, the backstories for, for everything and that involves both uh, Hanzo, Scorpion, and Sub-Zero, like, it's it's really interesting. And it's it has a lot of, like, that like Japanese feudal society type of background that makes it really fun for me. Like, I like that stuff. So that's why I yeah, got really attracted to those characters, especially as the more recent games come out. Yeah, for sure. Agree with you 100% on the recent game where they, games, I think the last two in particular, they really dig into telling a great story and making sense of why people are just randomly fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've, they've done a really great job since their whole reboot after Armageddon. I mean, Armageddon right. was just kind of like that. Oh, well let's just make a 3d fighter with every single fucking character that we've ever created before. <sighs> well, to be fair, the DLCs that come out for the most recent games don't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. So they just announced True. a RoboCop coming out for 11, but why not? Why not throw RoboCop in there? Well, you need to have that RoboCop versus Terminator experience, man. And RoboCop wins, in my book. <laughs> well, he did in the comics, didn't he? He does. And then in the video game, it's literally RoboCop versus Terminator. That's right. You are RoboCop, and you win the game by defeating Skynet. So to me, that's canon. That's why RoboCop will always win. Yeah, just as long as they don't have him uh, constantly shoot people in the dick, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> and I think that's actually a part of like the fate, one of the fatalities. Oh, oh man, I need to get that one. It's not out, or maybe it's out by the time that you release this out there. But uh, I think it'll be uh, a week or two after I release this episode. Uh, oh, shit. I'm yeah, so excited for that. I'm so excited for Aftermath too. It's going to be fun. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely like. I, I wish, like, that's, I guess maybe that's my problem with having all these characters like that, is, like, I wish they had maybe just used a small select and told a better story with just kind of a little more background stuff using smaller group of characters, rather than, okay, everybody's just, like, it's a constant fight scene. Like, everything past this point is little dialogue, let's fight for another 25 minutes, is that's what it a- feels like. That's a great point, and I think that's what makes the um, original TMNT really good is because they didn't overload it with all the characters that they could from the comic book series. So, yeah, that's a solid point. So after Cyrex fails uh, to kill both Jax and Sonya, we cut back over to Outworld, and we see that the Council of Evil, I guess you could call them, or his generals, they're all hooking up together, and... uh, yeah, poor Rain is completely wasted in this film. <laughs> I will claim thousands of innocent souls on Earth. And I would claim millions. By now, you'd be behind bars on display in a zoo. If those bars could keep me away from you, Shiva, I would welcome them. <laughs> <laughs> Two of Earth's best warriors have already been taken. Cabal 
and Stryker. Tell me, did you make them beg for their lives before you destroyed them? But Master, I thought if I let them... I have no use for excuses! This will never happen again. It will never happen again. It is true, this will never happen again. It is also true, I need a new general. You can die in duty or by my hand. The choice is yours. Centaurs are known for the hunting prowess. As your general, I will personally hunt down every human soul and spare no one. Mataro can't be trusted. Long ago, I proved myself as the personal protector of Queen Sindel. Your orders are mine to follow. The energies they waste with their sniveling, I would use to capture souls for you. No. You're all far too impetuous for such important work. You are my new general, Queen Sindel. Unless anyone else has a different point of view. So I think the real reason that he named her like the head general is because the entire time that he was being an asshole, she was just getting fucking horned up like crazy. <laughs> you did. Like, look at her face. She's just... uh. Uh, like she's creaming the those whatever tight pants that she's got on. That's a cream of uh, cream corn in the pantaloons. Oh, yeah, here we go. So you get him; he's all excited, and then he throws down oh. that hammer. And then look at look at that face! Look at that face! She just wants to jump him right now. Mm-hmm. It's the best acting she's done all movie. Unless she's Pretty much. serious. Maybe she's like breaking character right now. She's like, holy moly, his trailer's next to mine. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Maybe he'll wear that mask. <laughs> Bring him a turkey club sandwich once we get to catering. I don't know. I'd like a club sandwich. I'm hungry. Mmm, <laughs> club sandwich. Mm. <laughs> but it's it just seems like it's a, a reason to kill Rain for, I guess, a joke, right? Like, here we are, you know, and, and it's not like Rain is, is well, he becomes more of a important character, I guess, later on in the, the whole, like, mythos of everything. Um, but he's here like, oh, you failed. Oh, I'm just going to throw you into the flames. Well, not so much throw you as smash you in with a hammer. Well, it's important, though, because it brings in his hammer. It does, and he actually uses his hammer like he does in the games. Mm-hmm. And he's already, has he done, at this point, done the, the power slide, or is that something that happened towards the end? I don't think he's done that yet. He's only, he's done the, the shoot, the projectile. There we go. So he's gotten two moves out of the way. The giant, uh, again, what, why does he need to hit the, the giant broken Mortal Kombat symbol, too? Like, is that just, hey, pay attention to me. Look at how much stronger I am. Oh, I mean, you know. He, he is. He's the man. He's the Billy Zane Vin Diesel collaboration. <laughs> hey, I mean, Thor does the same thing. There's a lot of unnecessary stuff with Thor's hammer, I think. So you can't hate him for this. Yeah, well, he's just probably compensating for something else. <laughs> and, and maybe Sindel will find out later. <laughs> 
She might. <laughs> the trailer release, but can we can we give special mention and shout out to Cabal and Stryker for being oh being name dropped included? <laughs> That's a name drop. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing this for the first time, and I think it was in theaters, and being like, "Holy cow, Stryker's in this! He's the worst character in Mortal Kombat, but I'm very <laughs> excited." He gets to bring a gun to battle. He brings his nightstick and his gun. And he just gets progressively worse as the other MKs went on. He doesn't make sense, but he's a good character play-wise. But like, it, yeah. it's it's still like, and even Cabal, man, like it would have been kind of fun to see him at this point. And if it was going to be the Cabal that we knew with all the breathing apparatus, all of everything over his face, mm-hmm. or was it the cabal before he got like hit with the ugly stick? <laughs> Probably before the ugly stick at this point, but um, they do. I think they, in MK10, they do a good job with introducing and, and keeping cabal and giving him purpose to the story. But Oh yeah. To just name drop him like this and just to, like literally masturbate one hour for the hell of it is just kind of like, okay. Yeah, he gives you hope because he didn't kill them. You know, maybe we're going to see them, like, go in front of Shao Kahn at one point and actually, like, get their comeuppance or something. Something. It gives you a little bit of hope. But, no, it's just, who else can we name drop in this in this movie that's from the series that we can go on? And, too, so, I mean, you seem to, you, you've got, like, a good handle on the mythology of it, but isn't Stryker just responding to the extermination squads? So he's not necessarily one of Earth's greatest warriors per se, but he just puts up a hell of a fight when the squads come in. Yeah, that's, I believe, basically what has gone on with him. Like, he was just there and he survived. And so Mm. he entered, the. he was gathered up kind of by, you know, at least in the MK reboot storyline, he gets gathered up by all the good guys just to help them because, hey, look, you're pretty strong. You survived uh, the onslaught that happened. With and then guns and grenades and nightstick. Yeah, with your juggling uh, combos that you've got here. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we need in in uh, a good guy character. Somebody that can juggle. <laughs> so. Now Sindel has been put in charge of the entire army. Well, she's now the general, right? And I don't get, like, aren't the other people all supposed to be, like, generals in his army? I like that they did show off a little bit of how uh, Shiva and and Motaro, well, said Kintaro there, uh, how Shiva and Motaro, like, their races don't like each other. And they showed off a little bit of that here. And, you know, again, her makeup doesn't look that bad either. The, The dual arms actually look pretty good. And I... I would want to say that those are actually like CGI versus being puppets uh, for this one, but they tend to work pretty well. And Motaro still looks really good, even as the, the movies moved on though his voice. Yeah. I could probably do without. Oh, he's a, uh, he's not really an actor. Well, no, he's more of a, a muscle man. Yeah. And so for not to spoil anything for the final, but he may or may not be the other American gladiator actor. It's funny because when you look at him, I thought of him as Mexican just because of the, the you know the makeup that he's got on him. He's very dark. But then when you actually look at him, I'm like, wow, that's that's high school blonde American Midwest football star if I've ever seen one before. <laughs> the Kyle Autry of Mortal Kombat. 
Oh, so we're going to start calling this Autry combat. Is that what's going to go on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so from here, we cut over and we see that uh, basically Luke Kang has reached his destination, right? And he's attacked by a wolf in probably some of the worst camera work that I've seen in a while because the camera is just like kind of like on top of him and it's like moving around and shaking. And, and all of a sudden there's, one of the worst transformations that I've seen in a while where Nightwolf steps into the scene. Pretty cool, huh? It's my animality. Who are you? Wouldn't you like to know? So you're Raid's prodigy. I've seen better. <laughs> Don't sweat it. I've seen worse, too. If you are Nightwolf, you know I won Mortal Kombat. Don't get cocky. The tournament had rules. This time anything goes. It was a mistake even coming here. You think you're ready, Liu Kang. But if you were, would Katana have been captured? Can you help me get her back? Maybe. Katana is important. To beat Shao Kahn, you've got to pass three tests. First one's courage. I don't have time for these stupid games! To test your courage and find your animality, you've got to put yourself in a dream state. And just how am I supposed to do that? Well, there's a slow way, and there's a fast way. We don't have time for the slow way. That's what I thought you'd say. <laughs> okay so i can imagine the writers sitting down at the table and they're like we have to keep this pg-13 so we can't include fatalities what ideas you guys have go somebody obviously shouted out babalities okay babalities i don't think that those are gonna work anything else i get nothing good no how about a good friendship (laughs) see cyrax do a dance uh, f- friendships might work. You can get the boombox thing going on. I got it. Why don't we throw in animalities for the hell of it? <laughs> oh, good, good brutalities were out the window, but animalities <laughs> make sense. Animalities totally make sense. Look at me. I can turn to a wolf. Oh, that's my animality. It's what? Like, and, and the thing is, is that the guy that is just in this film for a short bit playing Nightwolf, I think is pretty good. But to hear him, like, say that is so just laughably bad. But the dialogue is horrible. Even, like, who are you? Wouldn't you like to know? (laughs) Oh, what are you, in fourth grade? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's brutal. But the guy that plays him is... I actually was recognizing him right away. I'm like, oh, that's the dude from Indian and Covered. Like, right away, even with more hair in this role but um so i thought that was cool to see him pop up here but then then i looked up his imdb and i see his name is just lightfoot and i'm like mm-hmm. okay this is interesting he's apparently the first ever native american rap artist and oh yeah <laughs> so he's put out his 10th album according to holy IMDb. shit <laughs> <laughs> so yeah check out relentless pursuit uh, I don't know how long ago it came out, but man. 
interesting. Well, no wonder why you can spit such uh, fierce bars at Liu Kang right there. <laughs> yeah. And then just throw the green tomahawk and just bonk him in the head. Yeah, I, he, like, underhands it at him, too. Like, he doesn't just, like, wing it at him. He's He's got a good softball arm is what he's got. I was wishing that we got to see a little bit of his UFO fatality, but uh, <laughs> save that for another movie. Yeah, we're going to have to wait until uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, we're just doing this for the money. Well, that's kind of <laughs> this movie in a nutshell. <laughs> so he knocks out Liu Kang. Liu Kang has a dream, and he sees images of Shao Kahn above him, basically kind of like looming over the situation, taunting him. And then he wakes up, and he wakes up to quite the beautiful scene. I'm Jade. I have searched the mess for you again. Of all the horrors darkness holds, to die alone. That is my worst fear. I'm not afraid. This is almost too good to be true. The same could be said about you. No! Wailert. Belongs to another. why his hands are trembling like is it because he's truly cold or can he not believe his luck i mean he here you are you're waking up for a dream there's snow everywhere and like that's in front of you and and she is like pencil thin like there is no meat on that bone and she's not you know freezing so he can't be that cold and I don't think that he ever got anything from Katana other than a kiss. Yeah, it's not a bad way to wake up, but yeah, you're right. There's not a lot of meat on the bone there. But I, I was laughing so hard when they like they start making out, and he's like, "Wait, no, I can't. My heart belongs to somebody else." And then he like goes in and like hugs her, and he's like, "I'm sorry." It's just it's so cheesy. <laughs> Gosh, porno ever. I know. That's what I was thinking. And then she's like, well, I'm glad this didn't work out because I'm going to shling and just comes right out and looks slow as shit trying to move that, like, whatever that thing is, like, katana around. 
It's like Donatello's staff. Yeah, she's got herself a little metal bow that's going on there. And it's just, again, it's kind of like a flip misfest uh, that's kind of going on between them. Though she does get that nice, like, slap right there in Luke Hank's face. The slap was solid. That that was a good, like, Stephanie McMahon WWE slap right there. <laughs> Though she does have kind of a, uh, kind of like an insect-like face. Like, it's just not like, I'm not trying to be, like, totally me, but she's got, like, it's very not racist v. at all. No, it's not racist at all. But it's a very V type face, like you know the way that it kind of goes. Like I, I'm not. I guess like if you think about the character and the way the character goes, I feel like she's got the right look to do the character justice because you know she's a you know kind of a cold hearted snake. You know mm. that that's just the way she is. She doesn't necessarily like infiltrates and she's going to basically bite his head off like a praying mantis. So if I'm hearing this right, Brian, you don't like her body and you don't like her face. But I just she's don't perfect. like her face. She's perfect for like this conniving lunatic that's trying to kill him. Like, no, I, I get it. Yeah, pretty much. You got it. <laughs> Nailed it on the head. Like, it. it sounds really terrible. Yes, it does. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But I, I really like, I feel like she embodied what Jade was in this movie. For this movie specifically. For the series, yeah, she'd be okay. But I think for the way that they used her here, I don't think that she's that terrible. Agreed. I see JD's keeping extra quiet on this. No, I was letting... <laughs> we keep talking over Kyle, and I, I feel bad. I want to get his point of view in there. I'm going to pull a JD. <laughs> and just fade off the screen. I thought you were farting for a second. I was like, hey, I didn't fart on, on camera well, yet. I actually did, but yeah. That's what was going on, yeah. So, basically, she fights Liu Kang and then comes to the whole, like, okay, I'm really on your side type of thing, right? It's now, uh, I'm going to help you find Katana because that's just what I do. And then we cut over and we see that uh, Sonia and Jax are trying to find their way to the Elder Temple. And they get into an argument because Sonia is being, you know, pig-headed again, thinking that she can kind of do it on her own. She doesn't need anybody's help. And uh, Jax, you know, is a little disturbed because he's just like, you've brought me into this. People are trying to kill me. They're just attacking me. What the hell's going on? And then you get what I believe to be the most wasted character in this film. In uh, the fight that goes on between Sonia and Melina. And this is what I said. This is like the only fight in the film where it's actually like, it's it's two female characters and they're character on character. And it's actually one of the better fights in the film for a female character. It's not just random scrubs. She's not just kind of off in the distance. Like she gets thrown around. They beat each other up. And it's like, it's okay when it's done like this rather than with the other parts of the film where the female fighters are always kind of just like off in the distance. Yeah, but of course they're fighting in mud. They're just mud wrestling. Well, you know, (laughs) I was going to mention that. (laughs) Wow. They 100% are mud wrestling. That's all it is. And I agree with you. Melina's a wasted character because she doesn't even take her mask off. You don't even know why she's wearing the mask. She, you know, they do get the line in, oh, Katana? 
I'm more than Kitana. Like, that's it. Okay. Instead, they just sit there and they fight and they flip. And then even the way that she supposedly like beats her. And I, does she kill her? Like, is that what that's meant to be? I don't know. I guess because the, the the cartoon dragon leaves her shoulder. Yeah, and disappears. And then you get that awful thing in the background. Oh. Yeah, it looks they, like it's from a car commercial, like a local car commercial from the 90s. <laughs> Is your car a dragon? Come on down. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. yeah. yeah and Jax is just going to beat the dents out for you, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and beat out those old prices. He's throwing those wrestling moves in there too, man. He's he's getting those. Well, it's more like a boxer, right? Or almost like a maybe a kickboxer in some regards, but he doesn't use his feet. He just throws elbows and throws fists. Yeah. Well, and it's completely different than his fighting style against Cyrax. Like when he goes toe to toe with Cyrax, I think it's probably the three fourths of the, that fight. He doesn't land a punch. Mm-hmm. He gets knocked silly around. Like Cyrax doesn't even like. He's nothing to him, and now he's sort of gaining his confidence back a little bit, which plays into what we'll learn later and um, about you know his character development. But he he beats the crap out of that little uh, whatever yeah. that that thing is. Hmm. Like it doesn't look so bad when you're just kind of looking at it, but in motion, like I, I said, that reptile looked kind of terrible even now like now it looked kind of cool back in that time though still when you saw it in the first movie but mm. even in this like this thing looks terrible yeah it looks like is it was that stop mo- is that stop motion uh, it, i don't know i don't think so because it's very clunky and it's i mean it's clunky in its movies moments uh movements of stop motion if it were but yeah, no, it's just bad CGI. No, it's just bad CGI is all it really is. And then yeah. he's just he's just beating up on a punching oh, bag is all he's doing. He's punching it in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's, he's not punching it. in the dick. Well. Well, you never know. Who knows where Demon Dick is, right? <laughs> <laughs> Idea for a t shirt. <laughs> look, look at that look at that matte painting in the background there. Oh wonderful. It's a Sinha original. <laughs> It's kind of an odd place for Jax to be stopped at uh, for the film. So basically, Sonia beats the crap out of Melina. And I guess, like I said, I guess the arm bar is the way that she incapacitates her. And you said the the weird like dragon thing off the temporary tattoo on the back that she has there uh, flies off and disappears. And then she's just kind of left there for whatever it is and creepy demon attacks. Uh, <laughs> And then, but why, why? Why does the demon that was a rock attack and it's got no plan of attack, it just gets butt bumped real quick. Well, remember, the worlds are starting to merge. And so that's something from Outworld that's already shown up in our world. And so all of Outworld is just trying to kill humans? Is, is that all it really is? It, it doesn't make any sense. I, I'm trying to make some sense of something that makes absolutely no sense. I appreciate your train of thought. <laughs> but but it's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> the train has not left the station. It just, you know, I th- it's just a learning moment to for Sonia to learn that Jax does have her back no matter what. And he even tells her, you know, how great she looks with all the mud over her chest. 
It's a good friend. <laughs> it's a complete perv is what it is. Yeah, it's a very creepy <laughs> friend is what that is. Damn, I love your muddy titties. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> what else is going on? Yeah, I'm going to mute myself and I'm not going to say the joke that you're not going to hear the joke that I'm going to make. <laughs> oh, boy. So, He's telling it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't get to hear it, but I said it. Oh. <laughs> Uh, next time, at least you should have something on a sign, and you could lift it up so we could at least see it. Uh, mm. Something mm. special for the for the video watchers versus the podcast listeners. Um, so they, you know, they see a, a giant group of people now running after them. So they decide to hightail it out of there. And the scene cuts away, and now we see Raiden has gone to the temple of the elder gods, and he's basically kind of asking them, "Hey guys, what's up?" I have come to the Eternal Palace because your sacred rules have been broken. Shao Kahn has invaded the Earth. As always, Lord Raiden, you are granted three questions. The first must be, why was this treachery ever allowed? We do not control the destiny of man. Everyone possesses the ability to change their fate. So you will stand by and watch the ruination of Earth? You are correct, and believe that Kitana is the key to closing Khan's portals. But if I reunite her with Sindel... How can I be sure Khan's portals will stay closed until the next tournament? Only when Shao Kahn is destroyed will the future be safe. After living among the humans, do you truly believe them worth saving? More than anything I know. Do you love them enough to sacrifice your immortality? So... Now, at the beginning of that clip, if you're actually watching the video versus uh, doing this, that effect was not added <laughs> into the film. And I put the wrong effect on it. So I was like, for a second there, I'm like, man, I don't remember this going on uh, on that <laughs> scene. But it looked like it fit perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it did. It's creepy as balls. <laughs> uh, so, but still, like, again, we go from the really cool, like, sets that they have set up for everything, right? And... Uh, for the like indoor shots. And then this is an indoor shot, but they relied way too heavily on using CGI to fill the whole room up. So you have that really terrible Mortal Kombat symbol in the center that has that weird sprinkly light. And then you've got all the candles, which duplicating candles is not, I don't think is that bad, but it just doesn't like, like they could have done something cooler, I think with what they did before with some great inside shots. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. They could have done a better set piece here for sure. And it, I, I think that we're sort of walking into the same problem that George Lucas faced with episode two and episode three of Star Wars, um, where they just relied too much on the CGI instead of the practical, which I think would have, to have him actually in a cake with candles would have been a really dramatic scene. Would have been, you know, a lighting award for lighting to go out for them to be able to pull that off instead of just uh, essentially a scene out of the lawnmower man. 
<laughs> so does that mean Raiden is going to be put into a machine pretty soon to make him smarter? I well, he's going to go through through some changes. He's going to go through reverse puberty. <laughs> That's right. He's going to love uh, finally find the love of a woman before he kills her. Yeah, well, we've all been there. <laughs> but uh, I can kind of forgive too the way the elder gods are because you know we've never seen them before and in really anything and even in the current lore they're kind of just like mystical voices more than anything else uh so okay they're represented by water wind and fire not it's not a bad choice you know uh the animation is a little suspect but it's probably not the worst animation of the film not even close yeah i nope. agree We'll get there. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> we're, we're coming getting, soon. We're, we're getting close. Uh, only a little ways to go for the the rest of the film, but uh, <laughs> so he basically now has the choice to make, right? And so we leave from the confines of uh, the Hall of the Elders to running into Jax and him again being such a great womanizer. No mailboxes. Which jump was the elder god? Keep moving, Jax. Yes! Sonia! You know this dude? Yeah. Is that Jax? Yeah. Who is she? Jane. This is Sonia Blake. Major Jackson Briggs. You've got an incredible set of legs for kicking at me. Where's Katana? She was kidnapped by Scorpion. You lost Katana and you picked up her? She helped me get here. Well, thanks to you, we've got Khan's extermination squads on our butts. Can I make a suggestion here? Let's put this petty stuff aside and start worrying about bigger things, like staying alive. Staying alive and Jade coming to my trailer a little later. <laughs> so much uh, patty cake taking place in the trailers, I bet. <laughs> I feel like that was a completely improvised line, too. They were probably like, okay, Jax, just say, that was a good kick. Damn, that's a nice set of legs. Oh, <laughs> <kick it." laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that if it was improvised, it was like the first time that he had ever seen her on set before. Because <laughs> that, that look that damn you know that he's got going on in his face <laughs> so they basically run off and we see that Shao Kahn and, and the rest of his troops there they're all following after them because they've got something big planned uh, that we don't know just yet but they're hot on the heels of everybody and so just when all is lost all of a sudden somebody comes up with a brand new do so we're just going to sit here and wait for this dude to show? Without Raiden, it's hopeless. Never give up hope. At least not so early in the fight. Raiden? It's a new look. Who's the girl? Can she fight as good as she looks? <laughs> Better. Good because I was expecting a team of fighters. 
Instead, I hear fighters at war with each other. Oh, give us a break, Raiden. We've been through hell. Compared to what lies ahead, you've been through nothing. Where's Katana? Khan took her. It's on my fault. This is not about blame. We're together in this. Each of us must help and support the others, like a family. What's the deal with your arms? I've known you one minute, and you dissing me already? I mean no disrespect. You have real skills. But those arms are not your strength, they're your weakness. Yeah, well, thanks for the tip. But these things right here, state of the art. Faith in yourself is all you need. And I say that to all of you. I'll try to open a portal to our world while I still can. Follow me! Okay, so is it just me, or does it look like that, uh, you know, rig that Jax has got is forcing him to keep his arms, like, up like this, and he's not able to quite put them down? He's carrying yeah. buckets. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah. Oh, man. Just the way that um, he comes into this scene, flips out of the sky. He's got his new hairdo with, um, looks like, you know, just some like box hair color that they got at like $6 at Walgreens. And he's just like, what do you think of my new cut? Like he waves it back. I'm like, man, and I, I don't want to rip on the actor here. Cause I really like him in Dexter, but he looks like somebody that is just reading lines and I can actually like see the wheels turning in his head as he's trying to remember the next line. I'm like, Oh <laughs> gosh, it's brutal. Oh, so good. It's great. Come on. He's probably the second best guy in this film. Uh, well, at least out of the good guys. You got Jackson, you got him. And then... I'd like to swap him out for Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> the deal with your arms. What's That's wrong with bad. your arms? <laughs> Why are you hold them up so much? <laughs> um, yeah, it's... The, the flip coming in is is utterly fantastic because it's almost like the reverse of like, you know, like when the Joker dies in Batman and he falls down and he, he becomes really, really tiny and he just yeah. disappears off the screen. It's like they just did that, but they reversed it so that it looked like he was just popping out of the sky because mm-hmm. he literally like feels like it unfolds. And, and we do get, you know, there is going to be a Superman 2 reference later on, but he comes out, you know, from Dimension X or anything like that. And, just shows up dressed like an extra from Aladdin. <laughs> Maybe this is where Guy Ritchie got the idea. <laughs> Shout out Phantom Dark Dave. And <laughs> hey, no wonder why Dave likes this movie too. <laughs> we found it. We found the common denominator. All right. It's been a great episode. Right. Thanks guys. We'll see you later. <laughs> um, you guys can go home now. so the big plan is for Khan and Sindel is to basically blow everything up right so Raiden's going to try to bring the portal up and he's going to try to do his best uh, disappearing act that he can get everybody into Outworld and meanwhile Sindel finally uses her like scream technique and which is kind of cool again in this that I did like was that you actually saw how devastating that voice is. Like you always hear about it in the games and they do it in moves, but you can't really see how bad it is. But here she actually lets out that whale and it destroys all the rock and basically the whole 
temple of the gods. Yeah, yeah I thought that was awesome. But why doesn't she point it at them to begin with? Why does she do it from so far away and like well, start somewhere to get to them for dramatic effect? It's just like just just focus on them. And but I think that it's because there is the necessity to get Katana to Outworld again. Oh, okay. Right. So that, with logic. So so that's the logic. So this it's actually a good reason. This is one of the few logical things that this film actually does <laughs> that I can explain. <laughs> Okay, okay. Because <laughs> so, even after she's done it and after they disappear, it's like, good, we got them to go over into, into Outworld. But why Katana has to be in Outworld still doesn't make much sense in the way that everything kind of like plays itself out as it goes. But at least that was their plan. So they make the jump. They're all happy. And of course, good old dad is not happy with Shao Kahn. How could you believe that the ruination of the Elder's Temple would not put our plan in jeopardy? It was necessary to convince the mortals that their only hope lie in Outworld. You seem confident that Sindel will capture Raiden and his mortals in your trap. I promise you, Father, on my soul, all the millenniums of planning will be rewarded. You will be proud. Know this! I will take your soul myself if you fail me now. Rally the extermination squads and prepare for victory. The merger will soon be complete, and all your friends will be dead. Now, do you think there was maybe a Goldfinger type of situation that we've got going on here? That the guy that plays Shao Kahn is not really saying the lines, he's just kind of mouthing them? <laughs> I hope so. They dub over with, uh, Frasier or Niles. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Frasier. Now, do you think also Shinnok could have been played by Sean Bean? And would that have been a better choice? Well, obviously. But then he would have gotten killed right away. <laughs> Five minutes to Moral Combat Annihilation. It's not Johnny Cage that dies. It's Shinnok for some reason. Wait, wait, cut. Get over here, Shinnok. <laughs> uh, but it's still like... Again, there it's a good like I don't know if it's a good plan, but it's at least a plan to get them to come in and he should be happy about that. But yeah, he doesn't think, oh, if I destroy where the elder gods are, uh, you know, but you don't know why that's a bad plan, right? You you just kind of are there kind of like, well, something must be going on. Uh they don't explain to you that spoiler that Shinnok is an elder god and that hey that's why this looks bad on you because now they're going to think, Oh, something's going on with Khan and why they destroyed this place. So it's, it's kind of an interesting thing that they've, they've got going on. Now we got all the, the good guys. They're all now in Outworld, and they're basically trying to figure out what they're going to do. And that's when, uh, Sindel shows out of nowhere and starts attacking the group, and she brings her reptiles with her. And so instead of, like, maybe reusing the asset from the last film and actually using the reptile bees to have them be like they did, they're actual, like, you know, ninjas this time. And that's where you get this wonderful fight scene between Raiden and Ray Park (laughs) and all the different reptiles there. And it's nothing but, like, 
watching this scene, all they do is flip, flip kick. That's it. Like you see them go through here. You see him walk down the hallways. You see them. They're just slow motion jumping. And he's doing some like bunny rabbit thing going on there. (laughs) Just look, it's nothing but flips. All we're going to do is we're going to flip, flip here, flip there, flip over here. Oh, we're going to flip and try to attack somebody. I I just don't. And then we're going to flip and miss. (laughs) It's a lot of ridiculous kicking. Like, look at what they're doing now. It's like ice skating. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's beautiful in a way, right? Yeah. Because it, it looks, it looks good, but they're not really connecting until like the end of the scene. Shit. I couldn't do it. So props to the stunt guys that are pulling all these moves off. Well, and it's definitely the fastest out of all of the the fight scenes, mm-hmm. which is something that I really do enjoy on this. And, you know, with Raiden, you know, ultimately winning by knocking him through the ceiling. So yeah. it's a it's a very fun scene to watch, but it's also ridiculous at the same time. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. But, yeah, like you said, I, I think it, it came off pretty well. And I didn't mind you know, throwing him through the ceiling, even though like it, it's just ridiculous. Like they, they throw each other through so many things in this movie, but I think, I guess it, they do that in the video game too. So you can't really like hate on them for it. That's true. And you kind of get those like stage fatalities that they have, right. Or not. Uh, I think in Mortal Kombat three is when they started allowing you to knock people through stages at mm-hmm. the same time. So you get a little bit of that going on here and it, it really gives Raiden the chance to actually fight as well. Yeah. He wasn't bad. No, definitely. uh, Whoever does the stunt, is it Ray Park that does? I think it actually is Ray Park. That is the stunt man for Raiden. I could be off on that, but I think that's what I read. Well, in this scene, he's the stunt man for reptile. Reptile? So, okay. So the stuff that you're seeing Reptile doing in the scene is all Ray Park. And Ray Park is okay. also like four other people too. Like he, he does of a lot of the stumps, the stunts in this film. The stumps. How terrible am I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he, but he really is like showing off his skills in this scene. Like mm-hmm. th- this is probably one of the best choreographed scenes. And it's definitely a, a step back from what Paul W. Anderson was doing in the original Mortal Kombat because he had never filmed fight scenes before. And if I'm correct, this was directed by one of the choreographers or one of the, the, the cameramen from the original Mortal Kombat. And you can tell that there's a lot more thought into some of the action scenes that you see in this film. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. So Raiden beats the crap out of of the the reptiles, and then all of a sudden, you know, Jade shows up and Jack shows up with Sindel, and they're just kind of like, you know, well, what the hell happened? And he's like, well, Jade knocked her out. She she went behind her and she managed to get her. And hey, now we've got her where we need you. Now we need to go re- rescue Katana, right? So. Luke Kang's going to sneak into Katana or into Khan's place as Khan's probably giving his best address of the entire film. You are witness to the dawning of mankind's final day. The two realms will be one. Raven 
mortals to bow at my feet, so that with their dying breaths, they can witness the birth of the greatest army in existence! And it's funny, he doesn't have his hat on there, yet he still has the booming voice. He's booming and grooming. <laughs> and then you get that sentimental moment where Shinnok walks over to him and puts his hand onto his shoulder like, that's good, son. That's good, son. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, no, he's... Uh... To an extent, like, I don't... I love the speech that he gives, but also at the same time, like... He needs to study up on like Western civilization and dictators because Hitler would never say in a speech, they have fallen for my trick. Come on. <laughs> We're so we've got them. They're in my trap now. They can't possibly be anywhere that I am. <laughs> You're not a Bond villain, dude. Let's think logically here. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, some of the dialogue is stilted for sure, but so Luke Kang does manage to sneak inside the palace and he does find out where uh, Katana is. And uh, while he's trying to figure out what's going on and how to free Katana, uh, he gets attacked by a little uh, special cameo by Baraka. Well, I should say a bunch of Barakas. Uh, I always forget what the race of them are. But look at that. Look at that costume. And I think that is Ray Park as well. He's one of the tar Tarketatons, Tarnecatons. Something like that. I can never say it right. Yeah, so Ray Park is definitely in the scene for sure, but this costume is like straight out of Spirit Halloween. <laughs> it's <laughs> even that shot right there, like he looks into the camera and it's just you can tell that there's a, a face definitely underneath, right where you know the mouth is. Um but it's not saying that it's not choreographed bad because it's the whole scene is actually choreographed pretty good, even though they get thrown into, you know, one gets thrown into the fire. But it's just the look of the freaking face, man. I just can't take it. Yeah, you can't get over that. That's a, a face only a mother can love. And it's not saying that Baraka's face is, like, that great. I mean, I, I love the way they've kind of, like, transformed the character and the way that the newer versions of that race look they look great but here it's it's just so rubbery and so fake yeah they they definitely ran out of budget <laughs> oh shit we need to throw in one more character where, where can we get a mask made Gosh. <laughs> they were filming around october so there's a chance they hit up the halloween store for that <laughs> one. Oh, oh spirit has baraka masks <laughs> let's, let's just go get one from there they brought it back. They're like, is that Sloth from the Goonies? They're like, hey, you guys. I would love it if there was a, you know, a Michael Myers type of story that this is actually some type of deformed William Shatner mask that they used and they just added rows of teeth to or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so Baraka, he, the, he stops all the Barakas. I'm just going to call them that. I know what they are. Uh, and uh, he manages to free Sonya. Uh, Sonia, Katana. Sonia Nipples is already back in the cave hanging out with uh, Womanizer Jack's uh, haircut Raiden and uh, Sindel knocked out as well as Insect Jade. Uh, they're all hanging out there together. 
you just, you just, I'm just going nicknames for everybody. Fuck it. Um, so you, you have them all back there and he's bringing Katana in. And that's where we're going to get the double cross from Sindel. For the day when our love will bring us together again. <laughs> love, I have never loved you. With such a pathetic child as you, what reason was there to love? I knew it could not be true. It cannot be. Oh. And it is. And you are powerless. Thunder God. <laughs> it's over. You fools. You've been tricked. The legend was a lie. Khan's portal stayed open. Now the merger is nearly complete. How could you do this to us? It was so easy. You will die for this, Jade. I love how Jade just slowly leaves the scene. She slinks away like... She's at the scene of a crime, and she's like, nope. Oh, shit. I need to get out of here. Oh, it reminds me of uh, Jack Black in Orange County after they've set the building on fire, and he just runs away, and Ben Stiller's like, we got a runner. (laughs) But again, you do get a a couple of the moves show up in that scene. You get her whipping her hair back and forth, Um, you know. And supposedly love's going to keep them together, but not really. Love's going to keep them together. <laughs> she has a spinny move, too, doesn't she? Where yeah, she's, and she, she does. At the end of that, she starts to spin, and that's how she teleports out of there. She makes her tornado, and that's what flies away. Yeah, no, to normal science. Science. Yeah, that's right. You spin fast enough, and you're either going to fly away, or you're going to become Wonder Woman. That's the only two options that you've got. <laughs> or you get a headache. Well, well, okay, I guess there's number three. <laughs> but it's still, like, I don't know which is worse, the overacting by Sindel's actress or the complete underacting from Kitana. Like, I'm going to go with the underacting because I can still enjoy the, the inflexes in the face that the Sindel actress is doing as she's talking. It just, it's, it's so hilarious. Yeah, I was laughing at that as well. And yeah, Katana is not... It's like she wasn't feeling this scene. And then the, the lady playing Sindel is just like, I don't care, I'm going for it. I'm winning my, my Academy Award. I'm, I'm not sure... My Razzie. I'm not sure if Katana was feeling the movie, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't think so. But even, like, Jade is a little bit uh, of... A little bit of an overactor, but I think that besides the sly slink away at the end i kind of like the way that she like it tr- is feels like that true like snake in the grass type of like performance that you've got 
You know, it, it really feels like, yeah, I really did get you, but it's still kind of shitty. Yeah, but it breaks storytelling 101. For movies, you're supposed to show, not tell. True. So for her to be like, stone-faced, ha, I tricked <laughs> you. You assholes, I got you good. <laughs> you guys are dumb. I'm smart. Yeah, it's like uh, straight out of Scooby-Doo. Oh, so maybe they're going to have to rip off the mask that she's wearing. It's going to be somebody completely different. Well, hopefully it's uh, Stryker. <laughs> no, it's going to be Cabal <laughs> after the injury before the mask. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so they run off. Well, okay. She slinks off. <laughs> Sandel <laughs> flies off. And they're all kind of like pissed off, I guess is what you can say about everything kind of going on and it's you 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 get the feeling that you know not everything is being said and not being said to everyone and that's where you get the revelation of the film of the relationship between Khan and Raiden that's it we trusted you man and what happened you take us on a wild goose chase understand you were advised by the other gods gods must have lied to me yo forget your gods and immortals and all that junk i say the only ones we can trust from here on out are humans nobody else not even ray don't you understand by leading us here he is mortal now just like you all his powers have been sacrificed that's even worse how do we stop khan now there's more to this than khan if Sindel is not the key to closing Khan's portals, then Khan has a higher allegiance. Wait a second. That tattoo, I've seen it before. On a robot and a woman. They both tried to kill me. And both of them work for Khan. This tattoo is a family crest. Bestowed only to my bloodline. It is a permanent mark that allows safe passage through the portals for the bearer and his passengers. The tattoos you saw, did they flee the fighter upon death? Took off like a bat out of hell. Temporary passes. They did not share my bloodline. But if it's your family crest, how can Consite have it too? My father is an elder god, and only they can bestow such a marking. Your dad's an elder god? <sighs> Funny how you failed to mention that before. If your father's an elder god, what does that make Khan? Shao Khan is my brother. No! <laughs> oh. Got the tears going and everything, man. What a performance. So that makes Shinnok his father, and that's why Con- how Khan's his brother, and that should not, should not be. I, why? Why do we have to put this type of bullshit in this movie? Like, mm-hmm. why do we have to make this, oh, we have to do some type of weird twist. Oh, hey, guess what? 
you know, that's also his father. It's his brother. So he's been fighting his brother the whole time. But again, it's it's the matter of they're telling us, they're not showing us. We have no stake in the matter to say um, this is worth a damn. Like, if I told you something, if I was like, hey, you know, I don't like my older brother, what would your response be? Okay. Yeah, you don't like your older brother, but I I don't know who your older brother is. And then if if the movie or, or something would just randomly be like, oh! <gasps> That's why, like, it's, it's right. just, like, you're like, it's laid out. It's completely laid out right here. Yeah, if I showed you the scene where we got into a fist fight at a restaurant, you'd probably be like, oh, these two guys don't like each other. Yeah. But like, why, why not fade, fade back, like, for a second? Like, he, you could have gone into the mind of Raiden or something like that. I, I'm not saying, like, in, in the realm of this film, okay, whatever, you're going to do whatever you're going to do. But I, I just, like, you could be like, well, you know, he could have been, like, secretive, just not said anything. And just been like, okay, we're going to flash back to when he and his brother fought. And, you know, then we're like, oh, God, they're fighting. And then when they finally are face-to-face, that's when you find out that they're brothers. Okay, at least then there's at least some type of twist. But I, I completely agree with you that we're just you're just telling the entire time. You're not actually allowing the audience to experience this for themselves. Yeah. And the comparison that I want to make is to focus on like the tattooing um, where we're, we're told that they're given safe passage via tattoo, but then compare it to Mad Max Fury Road, where you have this like really in-depth scene of just watching him get caught pulled into the underworld tattooed with like in depth about who he is and what's going on and then put into servitude. Like why can we not have something like that? Obviously Fury Road was a great movie. So maybe that's <laughs> right. Yeah. We just need Charlize Theron in this. That's, that's what it's ultimately coming down to. As every woman. That's right. She could be nipples. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, I just, I feel like in terms of the lore, it kind of, this kind of like shits on a lot of things. And I can, if I'm going to look at it just as the movie, okay, I'll, I'll go with it for the time being. Um, we, we go from here and we see that Jade and Sindel have met back up with Shao Kahn. And, you know, again, Shao Kahn asks, why didn't you kill him? And then Sindel's like, there's way too many of them. Like, I would have died. We both would have died. Like, but you seem like you were able to handle everybody relatively well. Like, I didn't see her, like, you know, she did her whole thing. She whipped Raiden, you know. She has that powerful-ass scream. I'm pretty sure she could have killed them all and then tornadoed out of there. But, of course, you know, he doesn't want to take that answer directly from them. And he feeds Jade to one of those ugly demon things. Which, oh, that was a terrible scene. <laughs> so, now the stage is set. We're getting ready for the final battle of the film. And now we only have hours. Hours before the two worlds merge together. And everything is going to go to hell. And, you know, Outworld is going to win. And so, Raiden and the gang show up. But Raiden just happens to go down like a punk. Man, 
you got one dysfunctional family, you know that? Years ago, my father decreed that his heir to the family throne must be strong enough to kill his own brother in battle if necessary. I beat my brother, but I could not kill him. Only one thing is certain. Khan must die. This time you're going to kill him. I could not then. I cannot now. So, what do we do? You will do your best. It is all that can be expected. I will pray for you all. Listen to me. Lou is our only hope. I want to fight Khan, but I don't know if I'm ready. You must believe in yourself, Lou. We believe in you. In less than one hour, the merger of realms will be complete. Father, you alone have the power to end this. Stop! I do not want to remember you this week. It is not weak to value life! I offer you one final chance to return to my side, Raiden. To rule all realms with your family. They are my family. And you shall die with the rest of your pathetic human race. Finish him! You should have killed me. When you had the chance. Brother. My brother died a long time ago. His heart, anyway. is going to start and we're going to spend the last like 20 minutes of the movie with everybody breaking down and everybody splits into groups right so you got you know of course Liu Kang and Shao Kahn are going to fight and then Sindel and Katana yeah that makes sense they're going to fight and then Jax and Motaro are going to fight because and I didn't even mention the fact that Shiva's no longer here because she got crushed by Katana's cage like she got punked out too <laughs> It was such a silly scene to watch her get crushed. <laughs> yeah, it, she literally just like 
ha ha, I'm going to stop you. Oh no! And then there's not even like no emoting to the fact that she's dead. Like everyone's just like, oh, I don't know. Uh-huh. she a bitch. I guess she died. <laughs> you know, it's it just, and there wasn't even anything, I think, from her. Like there were no like big screams or anything like that. Or, you know, like you said, nobody's just even surprised. They're just like, okay, we're getting the hell out of here. <laughs> she was dead. Okay. Um, and boot. And boot. And, then so that's why like Sonia gets like the raw end of the deal here because she's left with Ermac, which acts like he's noob Cybot for some reason and splits himself in two to fight her. Like But Noob is he's listed in the credits as being in the movie. Really? See, I thought it was just listed as Ermac only. Maybe he splits into Noob? I I Unless I'm misunderstanding what I read about it, like I think Noob comes out of Ermac for some reason here because it's all the powers of each of them. Yeah. Well, I'm, in the lore, I believe Ermac is the one that makes Noob. Okay. I think. And I know that Patrick will probably correct me once he hears the episode because that's <laughs> what he likes to do. Uh, <laughs> Yes, he does. <laughs> um, but, and I'm probably also told it could be somebody else that creates him, but I, I could have sworn it was uh, the Ermac that, that did it. But it's still like, she's just kind of, even they're like, he's like, all right, I'll get, I'll get big guy. And then she's like, I guess I'm left with you. <laughs> like, there's, there's no rhyme or reason for them to even fight other than I got to fight somebody. She takes the leftovers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she gets her ass kicked. For the well, most, they part. all get their ass kicked. They do, and then you know they, you get the Royal Rumble that you were hoping for, the Battle of American Gladiators. Yes, <laughs> here it comes. Fight is epic, and and they're you know they punch, they kick at each other, and well, he doesn't really kick; he just kind of punches, and they both kind of punch each other, and that's where he rips his cybernetic arms off, but only the outside of the arm. <laughs> And it's weird because it kind of so like weird. I thought that it was actually like his arms, not like overlays. Well, yeah, and that's what I was getting at earlier. It was like, which part of the mythology are we talking here? Is he augmented or because you can see his fingers? Yeah. And so, so... I, I guess it's its own mythology because it's just he just put on. You know, he wanted to walk around like this. You know, and and not be able to put his arms down because he wanted to have these things. And the whole idea is that, like, he felt he wasn't strong enough because Sonya, I don't know, Sonya went to Outworld or went on that boat and he was trying to go rescue her, even though she's the one that did it in the first film and didn't need to be rescued. I, I don't know why he outfitted himself with that shit. I can't make heads or tails of that. <laughs> but, but he did it. And so he fights Motaro, and Motaro, you know, rips the cybernetic pieces off instead of just taking the whole arm. Like, that would have been interesting for him to, like, take the arm off and, like, start beating with it or something. <laughs> but, he, but he does start beating him with the arm, doesn't he? Like, the cybernetic piece? He whips it. Yeah, he whips it a couple times. Whips it good. <laughs> Real good. So... They fight. Eventually, Jax 
you know, he realizes his inner strength and beats Motaro. And he basically just kind of knocks him out. Doesn't he knocks him over, knocks him out? Yeah, I think he throws a ground pound in there at one point too. Oh yeah, he does do the, the move where he jumps up in the air and he, he pounds the ground, right? To like shake the ground, the earthquaker move. Yeah, that's so like if, if I were in like a fist fight with somebody and they did that, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> that's, um, yeah, that's something. That's <laughs> your, your, your tactic, okay. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm good now. You, you would imagine a giant like centaur man with horns and a giant tail with a spike on the end of it would be so afraid of that and wouldn't use his tail to fight. <laughs> so he wins out. Uh, then he goes and helps Sonia. Sonia and them beat the crap out of Ermac and I guess Noob Saibot, uh, if he's there. And then uh, Kitana, like, just wrestles Sindel. Like, there's not really anything that those two do. Yeah, there's no implicit sexuality either because it's mother and daughter (laughs) like i'm not i have no interest in watching this happen no there's there's no mud there's no uh jello there's uh you know there's a relation so yeah i'd still watch i'm gonna be honest no oh so you're the reason why those pornhub numbers keep going up Today we learned Kyle is weird as hell. (laughs) (laughs) So that then turns the fight square on Shao Kahn and Liu Kang. (sighs) And this is the reason why I probably really hate this movie. Um, (laughs) And because in the theater, I think I remember shouting out, uh, this is fucking bullshit. (laughs) Because the animality fight starts. He's holding on Liu Kang, and Liu Kang becomes a really shitty CGI dragon. And that transformation is something else. Boy. Oh. It's like something straight out of Wishmaster. <laughs> uh, it doesn't even, like, fit in the scene either. Like, it's totally, like, I get they're doing the stuff with the green screen, you know, with the background, the soundstage, but it's, like, it seems like it's oh god that transformation from him into the hydra oh my too god. is terrible. That is awful. He gets his animality, which is a hydra, and Shao Kahn doesn't even have an animality. Why not? They grow up. Come on, wow. keep up. <laughs> keep up. <laughs> and now we just get a cartoon fight. Yeah, and, and, and like why we had these really fun. Like, even if some of them were kind of terrible, but they're still fun martial arts, like, expositions. And why is it that the last, like, one of the last big fights is this CGI fuckfest that's going on here? This is so dumb. It, it's one of the worst things I've ever seen, I think. And, it, like, his necks look like thrain, like veiny members. That's That's basically Ooh. what he's got there. They had better graphics than the actual, like, Sega game than they do in this last scene. It's awful. Well, if they, if they had done claymation like you were saying earlier, I think that would have been an improvement. I think I anything guess. practical would have been an improvement over it. I mean, I, I totally agree. If, even if it was kind of silly, but it was you know, a practical claymation type thing where they could have done a little more, it just 
feels like they're kind of throwing and it, it only lasts maybe a minute i mean the the little fight sequence clip that we have is about a minute 31 but there's talking for about 20 to 30 seconds in there so it's a minute of stuff that's really going on and it's it's just not very exciting it's like eating at mcdonald's as in it's awesome (laughs) but it lasts what 60 seconds that's right I mean, it depends. Sometimes you'll sit in the drive-thru 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, and it's going to give you terrible diarrhea after you have it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I kind of want to hear this story about Kyle sitting in the drive-thru at McDonald's for 30 minutes and getting terrible diarrhea. How many burgers did you eat? Honest to God, I get McDonald's all the time for my son. loves the Happy Meals, and I will sit in that line for like, 35 minutes i'm like god what are they making steak like i don't understand why it takes so long no they're just you know rendering shitty cgi hydras (laughs) (laughs) touche checkmate so Liu kang has knocked shao khan down and they're both hurting with each other and that's where we get the start of the last final fight just with the blood of a mortal. Father, how can this be? I warned you there would be consequences for breaking the sacred rules. I did not expect this. Must I do everything for you? of the universe will be decided as it should be. Immortal Combat! Oh, that's right. We still have fucking rights to the song to use it for a little bit in this movie. Let's go ahead and do it. And I forgot to mention during that Hydra fight, and one, I didn't want to subject people to it, uh, and two, that music that is used during the Hydra fight is the worst it's like somebody just pounding on a piano and hitting the strings of the guitar just randomly (laughs) oh i need to create more distortion more distortion (laughs) slapping the bass it's it's just it's terrible and then here you get the the mortal Kombat theme for a little bit and then it like break that does like a shitty breakdown like it goes into like some weird like muzak background kind of digital not quite you know what would become dubstepy but it, it just it, it happens while luke kang is losing and then all of a sudden when he's gonna start winning again here comes the theme song back mm-hmm. i just it, it's weird it's just a weird music choice and it really does feel like hey, we have the license. Here's the part that we can use it. 100%. That's exactly what they were doing. So no, I actually, I, I liked it. When the, when the theme song came on, I was like, all right, now it's time to get down the business, boys. But then, yeah, it has that weird like mix to it. And it was like, uh, okay. So it kind of ruins it a little bit. Yeah, you kind of get pumped again. You think that, okay, well, at least it's going to be the true final fight of the film. 
and it's kind of a terrible fight. Yeah. So we can all agree it's like eating a cheeseburger from McDonald's. You're like, this is going to be a great cheeseburger, and you eat it, and you're just like, I just shit my pants. <laughs> it's, a, it's a first bite shitter, huh? Uh, Kyle spends 30 minutes for it so (laughs) if you spend 30 minutes in line at McDonald's how long do you spend in the toilet I'd imagine that'd be pretty quick because it'd be coming out pretty liquidy yeah Yeah, that's that's true so (laughs) so Liu Kang ultimately comes out on top and we see what ends up happening to uh, the fam there Oh, and that's when the the thing, yes, he gets zotted. Like, the Shinnok basically gets Superman 2'd right there. And then I don't yeah. know what the hell is this giant dragon coming out of Shao Kahn. So that has to be a reference to the fact when they talked earlier about how they gave tattoos for passage for people that weren't in the bloodline to get through dimensions. Yep. But being that he's in the bloodline, he didn't need a, a fake tattoo. He had the actual dragon within himself. So you've now given me an explanation of this film <laughs> that kind of makes sense. So we're even. <laughs> Logic reigns! <laughs> it, it's, but what is up with the giant like lump of shit that's just on the ground after the dragon like comes out of him? Like, like that thing right there. <laughs> what the hell is that? That's like the rest of his body. That's like the second goriest thing that you see. But even the dragon, it's not like busting out of him. It's like inside of the stairs. And then it's somehow rising out of the ground. And somehow this movie made money. <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did. It made a decent amount, uh, all things considered. So now Shao Kahn is dead. Shinnok has been zotted to the, you know, whatever dimension that he's going to. Iowa. To Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Is this heaven? (laughs) No, it's Iowa. (laughs) And so all of a sudden, guess who happens to be alive? And it happens to be Raiden. And that's where we get everybody cheering and we get the end of the movie. You've all made me very proud. I will be watching you. So stay out of trouble. And remember, be there for one another. You're a family now. Elder God, 
and uh, that's that's the end of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Everybody's happy. Everybody survives. Uh, yeah. So, what do you guys think overall? If I never watch this movie again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's just not. It hasn't aged well. It was really fun to see as a twelve year old, but yeah, that's it. I, oh. Making fun of me over there, JD? Oh yeah, I'm making fun oh. of you. I always am making fun of you. How how could you say you would not want to watch this movie again? No, not a chance. You know what? I looked at Rotten Tomatoes, curious at how it did. <laughs> a two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It was voted by um uh watch watch movies or watchmojo.com as the worst movie of the nineties. I was like, whew. Well, it did have a budget of $30 million, and it made a box office of $51.3 million. Damn. Almost doubled their money. So it's they did release my it. girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it didn't have a dying Macaulay Culkin in it. Come on. That's oh, what geez. I'm here for. Just wait till he meets murder hornets. <laughs> well, just wait until he meets Kathy Bates. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are your thoughts, J.D.? Okay, you know, I have I have to look at this as nostalgia in which I loved every second of it, but and watching it as an adult, I have to admit it's not a good movie. Like there's little to no redeeming factors about this other than the constant name drops and the masturbatory inclusion of characters that I love to see on the big screen, which, you know, bring out Nightwolf and that's fantastic and I, I loved it, but it's I, I can't say it's a good movie. It's there's good movies, and then there's Kyle thirty minutes in line at McDonald's. <laughs> good point. True enough. So and uh, McDonald's is fine. Like that's that's fine. Sometimes you need McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally agree. I think that uh, you know when I looked at it, and it's still a little bit of a chore for me to get through. To be completely honest, but. Like this to me is similar and I'm probably gonna get a lot of heat for this is similar to Starship Troopers where when I first saw it, I didn't, I didn't like it that much, but the more that I talked with people and I saw it with people, I enjoyed it so much more. So like as, as a group, like doing this chat with you guys has made me appreciate this more, just like doing, seeing Starship Troopers with a group of people made me appreciate that movie much, much more. To the point that I liked it. Did I like this? Still don't quite like it. But it's in that so bad it's good category that can have a lot of fun with it. And I don't hate Starship Troopers, JD. Uh, I just, I changed my my perception of it changed over time. Because I saw you going all crazy and like, oh my God. No, no, I, I think that there's there's things that they could have done better with in the way that like the book did stuff. But I think that that movie has a lot of great... It's actually a movie I want to do for this podcast because it's also one of my favorite movies to riff. And that's why another reason why I love Starship Troopers as well. Because I get that that great experience. And uh, what I'm also trying to say about Mortal Kombat Annihilation is being able to riff it with you guys and doing it in this style has been made it a lot more fun for me and a lot more enjoyable than what I originally expected it to be, right? After yes. going through it. You redeemed yourself. I was like, for a second, this is still a bad movie, though. 
I can say that this is a bad movie. <laughs> I, I can say the same. Starship Troopers, I think, is a good movie. And I think that you bring up a good bridge of comparison to say that you can have something that can be corny and bad, but can still accomplish the needs of a good film, mm-hmm. which I think Starship Troopers does, which I think this movie hopes that it could have done, but didn't. Correct. And I totally agree with that statement. Okay. <laughs> I think that this, that they really did try to do some stuff like, yeah, is it, does it feel like a cash in? It does because they have to constantly name drop other characters in this film, or they have these characters show up that really have no point. Like you don't need Melina in here. If you're not going to show what she is, like make her a bigger, get rid of rain, get rid of him entirely and put Melina in that role and then have her get to that point with Sonia so that she's in this film the entire time. And then when she fights Sonia, Sonia rips off the thing and you see the teeth and everything that's there. And it, it gives you, <laughs> it gives you so much more. Like that's where I think that they, they missed the opportunity in this film, which was to use less characters, but give them bigger roles. So they mean something to the whole plot, not yeah. just, here you go. Here's here's Motaro. It looks cool, but that's all we're going to get out of it. So, I do my normal little rating system that we do. We do three categories and one that's your overall. So, uh, I, I'll start with the first one. Just we go through it. So, the gore factor of this film, it's really nothing. It's a one. Um, there is the scene with Cyrax where the guy's CGI dissolves, and then there's a little bit of blood. Uh, on the side of Shao Kahn's face, and Johnny Cage gets his neck snap. It's it's nothing really to write home about. So, what would you guys rate it uh, from one to five? One for gore as well. Yeah, there's not really any gore at all. I'll give it a two, just because people do die. Okay, but it's Fair not enough. gory. No. All right, then there's crap factor. So how crappy is this movie? How bad is this movie to you? I'll let uh, Kyle start this one. Yeah, that'd be a five. High as it can get. JD? I'll give it a three. Again, it, it's Kyle in line at McDonald's for 30 minutes just to get a twisty tornado diarrhea in his stomach. It's not a good movie. It's crappy in a lot of ways but that doesn't make it bad i want to set the bar there's a difference between crappy and bad and that's going to be the next rating that we do but i would give this a four out of five because i think kind of as we talked about the dialogue is really jilted uh i think the characters are wasted i just feel like they they had an opportunity to do something better by keeping it more honed in but there's definitely a we're going to rush this to theaters to cash in on the mortal kombat race Mm -hmm. So that's, that's obvious. So the next part is the fun factor. Like this is where I think where you're kind of talking about JD, like I'll let you go ahead and and rate first. So, yeah, I think, you know, if you've played the video game, if you've played any of the video games, if you've watched the first movie, if you never, if you don't know Mortal Kombat at all, this is a lot better than say a comparable movie like pocket ninjas. If you've even heard of that movie, Ignore and don't watch that. Instead, watch this five. Kyle, uh, I I'm gonna go with a three because even even though I think it's a really 
crap movie at the end of the day it was funny to me and i had fun watching it so i'm i'll i'll go in the middle i'll stay the happy 3 so i originally had this down as a, as a 2 but i'm actually going to raise it up to like a 3 and a half um and i normally don't give halves because i'm i'm really torn in between 4 and 3 because i think that it's on the 3 side that you can if you really want to geek out about the lore, I think that it makes it lower. It doesn't make it as fun, but like us just discussing this and not really sure how the experience of the video clips and us talking and doing this type of version of the podcast, it actually made my enjoyment of the film in terms of it being fun and funny and ridiculous. It made it so much better. So that's where I'm kind of like putting it between. If you've got a good group of people that you would want to see this movie with, uh, that you think you can have a fun time with. I think this is an excellent movie to sit and just kind of talk about its foibles, right? You can still really enjoy it. And I think that the the fighting scenes are a little bit better than originally I gave them credit for, um, especially that one with Raiden and Reptile. Raiden and Ray Park, basically, is what we're getting there. And yeah. it's it's technically impressive, even though they don't seem to do much, Right. So there are some really great things and really redeeming about the things about the film that would give it a four. So overall, what would you give the film out of five? And whichever one wants to jump in first. I'm still thinking if you got an idea, go ahead, JD. I I like the half system that you're going to say, I'm going to say overall, if I were to sit down with, and I've got a, a couple of cousins that are in their early 20s and they, they come to me and they're like, hey, what's a good movie to watch? And if I were to, to speak with them and to say, hey, Mortal Kombat, Annihilation, I would give it a 3.5. <laughs> Annihilation. Yes, <laughs> I speak on my stupidity. I, I don't, it's not a good movie. It's not a great movie. Again, if you have any dice in the game for Mortal Kombat, you will enjoy the name drops. You will enjoy the characters. The fight scenes are fantastically fine. I remember say 3.5, and I think that's generous. All right. Okay. Hey, you, Kyle? I'm between a two and a three. I'm going to have to give it a – I'm going to give it a three – because I think if you watch it with people, it's a much more enjoyable movie. Now, if you're watching this by yourself and you want to follow, you know, the 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 video games to a T, like you mentioned earlier, Brian, I think you're probably gonna be more of a two or a one. But if you're watching this together, you know, it's a it's a fun enough movie to pass some time. Yeah, no, I think I'm right there with you. I'm gonna give it three out of five Baraka masks. Um it's it's definitely a fun time. I think that if you're with a group of people, it definitely is. Um, the other question that I'd have for you guys is, do you recommend people watching it? Ooh. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would like call my friend and be like, Hey, do you, you need to rewatch this movie? It's so good. Um, I don't think I would, I don't think I would recommend it. So I disagree with you. I, again, think to the analogy of, like, my cousins who may not be privy to Mortal Kombat and the world and the universe. And I would say, yes, by all means, watch the first movie, play the game, 
watch the second movie, watch the YouTube series, watch the live action. I would say watch all of it for sure. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, and I, I definitely would say I'm I'm kind of in the recommend club. Like if you've never seen it before and you've listened to the podcast all the way through at this point, or if you've seen this, uh, you know, if this hasn't been taken down from YouTube, after <laughs> I've, I've put it up after all this time. Uh, and it looks interesting to you, or it sounds like maybe it'd be up your alley, you know, uh, watch it. I think that it would be worth the time because it, it can get so bad. It's good. And just like between Shao Kahn, you know, that, that actor, how he overacts his lines, how Sindel overacts his lines or her lines, I should say to uh, the fight of two American gladiators uh, together in one film. It's still something that I think that it's, it's worth it if you've never seen it before. If you've seen it before and you hate it, see it with a group of friends. I think that you'll have a different experience, kind of just like I did after just doing this podcast, which is just crazy. So with all that being said, um, would you guys like to plug yourselves? I will plug away. So um, yeah, you can catch us on the Back in Time podcast. We are part of the SIP Network, slightly irregular podcast. So Brian's a part of that as well. So definitely go out and support all those amazing podcasts. You can find us all on uh, SIPnet.us, and there's links to everybody's shows on there. Uh, but we put out two episodes a week, and yeah, we stay kind of in the 80s and 90s movies. And uh, actually, we have one coming up uh, at the end of the month on our show, which is going to be Final Destination. So Ooh. we're excited to dive into some more Devin Sawa. So yeah, go over and check that out. We're at Back in Time Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can subscribe for free anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then uh, JD's got a random Twitter out there as well that he burps on every now and then. I do. So if you want to hear me burping or making funny puns, unjust Justin, unjust Justin. It's the most clever Twitter <laughs> handle I can ever think of. <laughs> Yeah, make sure that you do go out there and check out uh, the Slightly Irregular Podcast Network. There's a lot of great podcasts on there from both of these podcasts. Uh, the podcast from Another World, Five Faith from Fans. Uh, let's see if I can remember every Power and Old Pativity, Angry Dad Podcast, Dead Hand Radio, From the Wastes. And I think that's it, unless and I'm missing one. It'd be like that. You forgot Oh, it'd be podcast. like that. I forget the other podcasts that I do. <laughs> As Patrick says, I forgot it a long time ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we do that every other week. So, uh, well, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, I really do appreciate it. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll have to see what happens next time and figure out when we can get you guys back. Yeah. Starship Troopers. Oh, we, we may have to do that one. I would right. love that. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey everybody, thank you very much once again for listening to this episode of the podcast. I was very happy to have the Back in Time guys on there, but there were a couple things that I totally forgot about doing as we ended the podcast itself. And one of them is to tell you about the movie that we're going to be watching next week. And since, uh, you know, I want to get a little away from the horror, I kind of want to see what else is out there. And funny enough, before I record this, there was actually a request to have us kind of look at this movie or have me and my horror friends look at this movie. And I thought, why the hell not? Let's go ahead and just look at it. It's 
I don't know if it's a bad horror movie. I don't know if it's a good one. There have been some really good reviews about it out there on the web, especially from Alex from Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. So I'm kind of looking forward to watching this. And so together, let's go ahead and watch the trailer for Blood Quantum. I lost track of the time. Did you get bit? This planet we're on is so sick of our shit. That's why the dead keep coming back to life. You're immune. I'm not. What if my baby isn't either? I heard that you could cure bites here. Ain't nobody immune here but us. One of them could come in here and affect this entire camp. Behind you! You wanna live? says we're immune. Adukja looks at humble. Awenda sui luxiko. So, Blood Quantum is currently available on Shutter, only on Shutter, and um it's something that looks really, really, really interesting, and I'm kind of excited to watch it. So I hope that it does turn out to be a very fun movie. Like I said, I think it's been getting a lot of really good reviews, and a lot of people think that it's well worth the watch. So that's going to be the next episode of the podcast. If you have the Shutter streaming service, please go on there. It's available. It's right on the front page. It was recently added within like the last like two or three weeks. So this should be something very fun to watch with everybody. So um, that's going to be it for this episode of the podcast. Make sure that you go out there and you, you know, follow the back in time guys. Follow them on Twitter, follow the Facebook page, follow the YouTube channel, everything that they have out there. Make sure you follow the SIP network, and that's Twitter Network SIP, uh, and then SIPnet.us, where you'll find all the stuff. Except for me, I have not turned in my work. Um, I'm up there, but my page is pretty empty, but I hope to get that rectified soon when I get the time to do everything that I want to do with everything that I've been doing, especially trying to do something like this because I've never really done any type of like video podcast before. So I hope you guys enjoy the little experiment. If you were able to watch this, if you weren't able to watch this and you just listen to it, I really appreciate you guys for please like not please, but for continuing. (laughs) This is so terrible uh, to listen to the show and, you know, retweet and do all the stuff that you know makes me doing the show worthwhile so i hope you guys really enjoyed the stuff don't forget too that uh i'm doing a live stream of the tingler if you're watching the or listening to this on saturday that it will be saturday night that uh i'll be putting up all the the video and everything like that uh hopefully uh you know streaming and hopefully doesn't get taken down even though it is uh public domain so 
hopefully everything works out for me and we'll be able to watch it all together and kind of rant together. So don't forget to follow the Facebook page, facebook.com slash terrible terror podcast, Instagram, terrible terror podcast, uh, YouTube, terrible terror podcast, Twitter, T underscore T underscore podcast, and make sure that you rate and review wherever podcasts are found. So once again, thank you guys very much for listening. If you were able to watch the stream or not, not the stream. Well, if you ever watched the stream, thank you. If you're able to watch uh, this video on YouTube, I thank you very much as well. And we'll see you next time with Blood Quantum. I'll talk to you guys later. Be safe and take care of yourselves. <laughs>